Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Monday installment of the program. Our Monday is brought to you by our friends at the Best Bet. Always a Best Bet Monday around here. Well, plan the whole show. Plan to start with some golf. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to get to some golf because it was great golf. We were all, the four of us were out there. Lord knows how much we were all out there. Poor Gibby was out there every day, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, poor me. We just a bunch of good golf. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I was glad to be out Gibby there. Gibby was out there the whole time, and the rest of us were out there on Saturday. So we're going to get to golf in a minute. A lot of golf to talk about. I promise you I'm getting to it. It was a great day of golf. But the news is the NFL. Right. The, the, the news is the NFL. Jawan Taylor, We shame on us we start with anything else today. Uh, Jawan Taylor – Got a $20 million a year, year deal to go to the Kansas City Chiefs and presumably be their left tackle. You know what? Good for, good for Juwan. Uh, that's, he, he's going to the premier team in the National Football League. He's protecting, I would assume, the backside of the premier quarterback in the National Football League under um, one of the best coaches in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, he's one year removed from – one year. He's 10 months removed from people not sure he was going to be starting. So – uh what a story for Jawan Taylor. We'll talk about the impact on the Jags, obviously, but what a story for the former Florida Gator and the former Jaguar, uh, Jawan Taylor. Yeah, fantastic day for Jawan Taylor, and certainly, uh, you know, it, it, it's got all you would want. It's got the opportunity, obviously, to win big. You're playing with uh, the best quarterback in the league, and you're getting a new opportunity. Um, I don't think it's going to work, um, and Kansas City doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but I think this is one. Uh, that they'll regret. I, I don't think Jawan Taylor is going to be a good left tackle. I certainly not going to be an elite left tackle, which is what they're paying him to be. And uh, I would be nervous about Jawan Taylor protecting Patrick Mahomes' blindside. I just would. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good right tackle. Uh, but just to assume that he can move to left, he didn't even play that in college. And when he did, he was not good. Now, that's not to say that you know his skills certainly may have developed, but they've developed it right tackle. So he's never played it, and now you're asking him to protect your most valued asset against the most dominant rushers. I, I just, I again, I, I don't know, I don't know why Kansas City thought this was their best option. Um, it's I think ultimately I think this is going to be good for the Jaguars in the long term because Kansas City is allocating a bunch of resources to a player that I think they're going to regret allocating resources to. It, but it's phenomenal for Jawan Taylor. Uh, the Jaguars now tackle obviously now becomes a, a bigger need. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that affects the first round. And then, again, the ramifications of this will be felt for a year because a year from basically today, the Jaguars will be awarded by the NFL a compensatory third-round pick for losing Jawan Taylor to this level of money. For the first time in 86 years, I think. Correct. <laughs> I believe 1971 was the last uh, comp pick awarded to the Jaguars. I'm very surprised by the move that Kansas City decided to do today, but they obviously trust their personnel staff. They believe Juwan can switch to the other side. Frank, I don't know if you saw Pete Prisco's tweet. He said the Jaguars should now move Cam Robinson to right tackle and have Walker Little play left tackle. Yeah, I will. I, I did not see that. I'll go against both you guys. I think he's going to be very good there. The Chiefs don't. The Chiefs don't make that. Kind of, they don't make twenty million dollar mistakes or eighty million dollar mistakes. I think he's going to be a very good left tackle. I think he changed who he was last year. I think he busted his butt. He changed who he, he became a really good football player. I'm not smart enough to know the difference between what makes you a great right tackle and not a good left tackle if it, if it works like that. But I think he's athletic as heck. He's a grinder. He's physical. Um, 
I think he's a better pass blocker even than a run blocker. Um, I think he's a really good player, and I think he'll be good for them. I was hoping, I fear, and I thought, I, my gut told me they'd find a way to keep him because they had freed up so much money. I'm not going to say I thought saw this coming because I didn't. I thought he would. I thought we were going to see somehow, some way, the Jags found a way to keep him. That was my expectation, so I got that one wrong. But I think he's going to be a really good player for them. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what winds up happening. The interesting thing now is what becomes of the Jaguars' position. I don't think they're going to move Cam Robinson to right tackle. I don't think that's who he is. Uh, I think you've got two guys who probably are best suited athletically to be the left tackle in Cam Robinson and Walker Little. Um, I think as of today, if you went into their board, into their their football room and meeting room and looked up at the board and Doug, Doug keeps this big board in his office, I think if you looked at the depth chart, I think as of right now, Walker Little is their right tackle. But I think, uh, and I think he goes into camp as a right tackle, but I think they address the position. I think they, whether that's a free agent journeyman guy to be the swing tackle, whether that's a high draft pick, I think that immediately now, and again, you've got your starter. That's the one good thing is you would assume as of today, you've got your starter, but I would think that is a position that now the Jaguars have to put some emphasis into, whether that's a journeyman, whether that's a backup, whether that's a, a, a highly a first-round guy that competes for, for the starting job. But it now becomes a position – it now becomes probably the position of need. The position of need, I would say. And, again, you're not, not necessarily for the starter, but one thing we learned is you're one twisted ankle away from bad player playing there, and I don't think you can have that. Yeah, they're going to invest in an offensive tackle. It's just a question of will it be with pick 24? Uh, will it be in, in the second round at 56? I wouldn't think it'd be any later than uh, the third round pick at 88. So I, I think a, a tackle is coming in the draft, and, and they're coming pretty quickly would be my guess. Uh, they could sign a, a veteran, but they, they need to uh, – we talk about this with receiver as well. They need to go ahead and start preparing to, to bring in through the draft – some young offensive pieces. They really don't have that because I don't even really count ETN because really he's probably only got two more years here. I mean, that's what history tells you about running backs. Uh, maybe three because they, they could do a fifth-year option. But, uh, you know, but in terms of guys that they have drafted on that side of the ball outside of Trevor Lawrence, there's no one. And that's just not sustainable. There's a ton on the <clears throat> defensive side. Uh so I mean I I think I think absolutely they've you know they've they've got to invest at receiver I think they've got to invest at offensive tackle because not only did you just lose Jawan Taylor but I don't know that Cam Robinson's going to be here beyond next year I mean if if 2023 doesn't go well for Cam Robinson he's gone because yeah, so, because in what the league is football more than any other sport it's replenish 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 because you go from young to to your point. You go from young to old in football more than any other sport, right? In something like running back more than the other positions, but yeah, it's replay. I mean, uh, the the uh, the Chiefs had no no interest in Orlando Brown coming back. He's a pretty good player, you know. Over the years, he's been a pretty good player. You know, Taylor Lewan went from a really good tackle in Tennessee to a guy now. I don't know if anybody even wants on their team, right? I mean, so I mean, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, McGlinchey got big money to go to Denver. We'll see if he's still. But uh, not this. Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't. No, that's right. I mean, right. Taylor got yeah, yeah. wild money. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. In and again, comparison. And again, and, and Juwan Taylor, to, to the point, Juwan Taylor was the Jaguars' best offensive lineman by a wide margin last year. 
and frankly, one of their best players last year. We don't notice it was an offensive lineman, but he was one of the, he was one of their best players last year. So to to Hayes's point, if you do and, they, and they've got a great team coming back in great hope, but when you lose one of your best players, which which fortunately isn't happening in very very many positions, maybe that's the only position you got to replenish. Yeah, and it makes me wonder what do we see as far as Arden Key is concerned, because at this point it it does seem like. Arden Key's going to get paid more than maybe what the Jaguars would want to pay him. Yeah, so it'll it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how this whole thing whole thing plays out today, the rest of the day, the rest of the next two or three days. So Jawan Taylor to the Chiefs, all kind of stuff to talk about today on the program. Uh, what will the Jags do? We'll give you some thoughts on that. Let's what what a day in the NFL, huh? I mean, the quarterback thing is. Do we know now? I think I heard Joe and Mia saying as they were signing off. That it looks like Rodgers to the Jets is is going to get done. Oh, I don't. That's what uh, Trey Wingo yeah. reported. Trey that Wingo said he's okay. hearing that. Okay, so it's Trey Wingo saying won't be long. Okay, I didn't know who, who was saying it, so I just I, I kind of half heard them as I was coming in here. So yeah, he said yeah. he's Rappaport, hearing it's done. Yeah, yeah. Rappaport saying nothing has happened as of now between Rodgers and the Jets. So I think we're just going to stay in this okay. abyss with him for a Jimmy while. Jimmy G did go to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. The, the, all the, the and I'll go through all. We're going to go through all this. I want to start. When I do come back, we're going to start with a, a magical day at the golf course yesterday and a, and a magical performance, um, without question, by Scotty Scheffler. But we are going to go through all the things that happened in the NFL, including Calais Campbell getting cut. So much going on today. Oh, by the way, there's a 60-18 bracket. I don't know if you saw it or not, though. Mm-hmm. There's that, too. Yeah. What a day in sports. There's a lot of things to get to today on the program. We'll hit it all. Let's start with the golf. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. And the Scheffler victory train just keeps on rolling. What a finish to save it. And back on top of the world. The Dan Hicks call, that was the uh, about a 10-12 footer he made to save par. Um, I thought Scotty Scheffler authored one of the best performances in the history of the Players' Championship at the stadium course. I obviously Greg Norman's twenty four under will always be the the standard and nobody's come close to that. But I thought that seventeen under, the way he ran away from the field when nobody else was doing anything like it. I certainly know that Davis loves seventeen under. It was magnificent. There have been some others that had the same score. But I thought the way he that the five birdies in a row it started what a number eight maybe mm-hmm. was it eight? It was eight. Yep. Started number eight, and I and I thought the five birdies in a row. It was amazing the way he was playing. I, I told a story. So on Saturday, we're sitting on, on number ten. We we walked up. My buddy and I walked all around. So we're sitting on ten. The pin was. Did you see ten at all on Saturday? Did you walk around at all or? I did see ten. Did you see it because Lauren? I went to go get my tacos? Okay, so, so there you go. Very good. So, so you saw, so you saw the pin was way right. Yes, that's the Saturday position is way right. So it's down the hill. If you, if you know the golf course, number ten is way right and down the hill. So he had his drive into the into the bunker, punched it out. But didn't have a very good bunker shot, and so he's he's twenty yards short of the green. And now in two, okay. So he's got to go up and down for par. He's going to bogey the hole, and the way the hole was set up. If he, if he lobbed it up there on the hill and tried to bleed it down, which is what you do, it's going to roll right past the hole. Because if you if, And I'm probably not describing it very well, but the, the hole bled down to the back right. So if you, you hit, the players hit it up there on the hill and then let it roll down, but you know, those greens are running 14 or 15, it's going to run past it, right? He hit the top. He lobbed it up there, 
a big looked like a lob shot that hit the top of the hill and started down. But he also spun it, even though it looked like a lob slash spin shot, <laughs> that he that he hit the top of the hill, started rolling down, and then checked about three feet from the hole. I'm thinking, how do you have it? How do you check it when it's racing down the hill? I I I've, I mean, I've played a lot of golf in my life. And, and you rarely can see a guy have one going down the hill and check and stop and tapped it in. And, and, we, and, we, and there's some people sitting around and said, we just all of our jaws dropped. Well, that's how we played the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best, one of the best performances I've seen in the Players' Championship. I agree. And it's, it's striking because he's such a big guy. Yes. And I don't normally think of guys that are really tall being able to play golf well. Uh, I didn't realize when Scheffler was here last year, he was T55. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to him. And he'd yet to win the Masters. So he was sort of up and coming, but he wasn't a star yet. Uh, so this this was the first time that I've seen Scotty Scheffler up close. And, uh, and, and he's, a, he's a big dude for a golfer. Yeah, I mean, if, if they ever have a street fight, you know, I'm taking Scheffler with right. the first pick. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's just – but he's just so calm. I mean, the way he goes about everything, there's just – there's no weakness in his game – uh, but he has developed uh, an assassin's mentality of if he needs it, and he, and he felt it, uh, he felt Hatton coming, uh, and, and he hit the gas. And uh, to make five bogeys all week, this was, I thought, the, the weakest the course has held up in right. terms of resistance. Uh, it was Saturday particularly. I mean, Saturday, if you didn't score a low Saturday, you're just not playing well. Um, and, uh, you know, but still to make five bogeys all week, uh, is just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, and, and really even going back to Thursday and, you know, and watching him when, when, we, you know, he was locked in with, uh, Rory and Rom and that, you know, best three in the world paired together, you, you could just see on the front nine, he, he parred every hole to start. He's, he parred the first nine holes, but you could just kind of see, it, that there was almost like that first round heavyweight where he's just sort of kind of feeling you out a little bit and then wham and uh and and when wham came it 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 came in a major way for Scotty Shuffler. I mean, he was 17 under over his last 63 holes. I uh, just uh just remarkable golf and again, it's just so much fun because you again now it the the chips shift back to Shuffler. You know, now there's three big guys at the table. Rory, Rom, and Scheffler, and the chips have just sort of gotten shuffled. That's right. And now the chips are back with Scheffler, where now people are like, well, look, he just won the Masters last year. Defending champions don't tend to do well. It's been a while since a, uh, we've seen a repeat, and that was Tiger Woods, who's sort of the exception for everything, but even that was 20 years ago. But, I mean, how could you, how could you not pick him? I mean, he just wanted Augusta National. He just won the players. He won. He defended it, uh, the waste management in Arizona. He's just playing at a great level. He certainly is, and obviously he joins Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods as the only people to have won both the Masters and the players and hold those titles. So think about. Let me let me stop you for a second. Think at the same just, time, think what yeah, she just at the said. same time. The only people to ever hold the titles at the same time are Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Scotty Scheffler. Digest that one first. To be the only people to be holding them both at the same time, which Scheffler is at least for another month. Pretty amazing stuff. And look, the way when you watch him, 
to me, Frank, he doesn't necessarily do anything extraordinary. I mean, his ball striking is so good. But it, when you watch him play, I think because he's just so smooth, it you don't think that he's shooting as low as he is. Well, you didn't. He didn't need to make a putt all week. He hit it. He hit it so stiff. Right. The real shame of it is his best putt was probably on the seventy second hole, yeah, which that, he didn't need. That's right. But, yeah. but that's right. It just added the some real flair. shame of it was that Ron pulled out Gibby's going. No kidding, Frank. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But, on Friday. But but but, but in, in addition to Gibby having a, and thank you Gibby for getting the food. Today. Yeah, thank you Gibby and but, thank you Chris Reimer yeah, for poisoning. Sean right, right. But but in addition <laughs> to the loser money, the the shame of the golf is I got a hunch they would have been battling. Don't you get a hunch? Oh, yeah. They would have been. They, that would have been. Jaw to jaw, I think. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss what Scheffler did. It was one of the, I just said it was one of the most amazing performances in the history of the tournament. But I got this hunch they were going to go jaw to jaw. Absolutely. Ron was one under. Right. right. And, and just getting warmed up. Yeah. And, and so, in the course, that was maybe playing, the hardest day. Right. And he's been playing great the whole year, you know. So um, And he never missed a cut at the players, which, correct. you know, I knew that going into Loser Monday. <laughs> and he but, didn't miss this but, cut either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. But, but the the truth, streak is still alive. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's just—it's amazing what that would have been, and, yeah. and I—and I hate that. And again, I love the fact that Scheffler dominated that course, and he—and he deserved it. And he's really good. He's—he's he's a really, really, really good player, man. You're right, Lauren. It's effortless. There's nothing missing from his game. Probably the—probably the weakest part of the game is the short iron game, is the wedge game, and it's good. But by for him, that's the only thing that he's not great, great at. But he is a. What a level that guy's playing! At. It was cool to see a first timer like Min Woo Lee actually go toe to toe for a little bit with Scheffler. I agree. And then he had the triple bogey yesterday, and that just kind of unraveled things for him. But yeah, I mean, guy that's never played here before, and um, he was tied for the lead going into the final round. And he was a fun golfer to watch. He had a lot of personality. Min Woo Lee did. You could tell the crowd was was feeding off of him. But hey, Scotty Scheffler has won thirty three million dollars since last year's Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's wild. Thirty-three is, yeah. million dollars that, that right? in is a it, year, basically. Is that what the number is? Yes. In a year He's won six of his last twenty-seven starts. That's crazy. How about I mean, that? Which is just if you ridiculous. If you don't know golf, and I don't mean this in a dismissive way, if you don't, a lot of people don't. You can't imagine how good that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's winning six times in twenty-seven starts. When there's a hundred people, you're that means that means you beat a hundred people or whatever the number is. Six times right. beat a hundred people. This week it was one hundred and forty-four. Yeah, right. That's, that's what I mean. But that, however many, that's how many people you're beating that many times. It's not like you have a two, only two people can win. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like a tennis tournament. Correct. correct. Where you, you know, maybe you just well, run into guys and they're not playing well that yeah. day. I well, mean, well, but it's not. It's not like a pitcher or quarterback who's won that many times. Only only two teams can win that day. Right. He's beaten a hundred, so it's it's really amazing. So I I do think, listen. Maybe Rory hangs with those two guys as the season goes along. I don't know if he does. I don't know if Rory hangs with them. Maybe he will. Yeah. Rory, it's going to be interesting what he does over these next three weeks because I, I sort of agree with where Gibby was going entering the tournament, and then it kind of played out in how Rory performed. He needs a break. I mean, yeah. maybe now the live thing quiets down a yeah, little bit. Right. It seems like this was going to be like the last sort mm -hmm. of major live week. Because it's been about a year, and Monahan right. was going to speak, and right. you know, like next time, you know, when they go to Augusta National, it's going to be the sp the spotlight's going to be more on the live players, because yeah. the media just won't have seen Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and DeChambeau, yeah. and you know, so so, I think this is going to be big for Rory over these next three weeks. To be just, out of the news, just be out of the news. Yeah, I just, agree with just you. Just take a break. No, and, I, and Gibby, I was with you on that. I wasn't going to take him either. I, I mean, Gibby said it. 
Gibby verbalized it, yeah, but I wasn't going to take him either for all that. Yeah, so hopefully now the the 2024 schedule's set. Uh, you know, hopefully his world kind of quiets for him um, because obviously the Masters is the by far the yeah. big one for Rory. He's been chasing the career Grand Slam now for right. I think seven eight years, and uh, you know, and so that's a lot of missed opportunities at Augusta, and and so anyway. It'd be great to see Rory win the Masters, um, but he, he, you know, it. it they all kind of have different roads because Scheffler has the golden path to Augusta. Yeah, right. Rom has the path of he should be fine. He's got three weeks to get you know healthy, whatever this was, um, you know. But but where's his? You know, did it, is it going to affect his momentum at all? Because he was just so red hot right. coming to uh, the stadium course, and then you've got Rory who just played terrible. Yeah, and it, I mean, just really, just played terrible. On our loser Monday, Gibby got the ultimate bad break. Mm-hmm. My guy won it. Um, Day played well. Yeah, you had that was a good pick. No, thinking that Jason Day was going to go battle was a good pick. Where was JT? Rory was awful. Rory was, Where was awful. your guy. I think he finished it like JT was one over. Maybe? Okay, but he made the cut. He was right? even. He made he, the oh, cut. Oh, he definitely yeah. made the cut. Tied for sixtieth. It helped once the cut. Uh, Changed on Saturday. He finished one. On, well, no, he finished even. He was one under yesterday. Okay, so, so he, he finished, tied at so, so, so finished even. So there you go. Right. Did you see the payout for the top five guys? Oh, Obviously, we know that Scheffler won four point right. five. The rest of the top five got a million plus. How about that? I Hatton think, got two point seven. I was going to say Hatton that? made a bunch of money. That was, a, yeah, that was a well, big he, Sunday. Well, he golfed his ball yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, when he came in at twelve, that was pretty good. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was because yesterday mm-hmm. wasn't. It's funny. I sat on seventeen. Four. We bounced around a lot, but I sat in our buddy's uh, chalet for, for for probably two or three hours and probably watched, I don't know, 12 groups, however many came through there, 10, 12 groups, however many you watch in three hours, 12, 15 groups. I never saw a ball in the water. I've never sat on 17 that long. I've been going to that tournament since the damn thing started in 82. Okay, I've never sat on 17 that long. And A, never seen a ball. I, I didn't see one ball in the water. I did, did you see a ball in the water? Did you did you watch on seventeen? I don't we think watched, there was one. I don't think there was on Saturday either. There was uh, not a ball in the water. We watched I more elsewhere, but yeah, I, I don't, don't think there was. Oh, I'd have to check it. I don't think because it was, it was the average on Saturday was like sixty nine point five. Yeah, it was one of the best averages. I mean, since it, eighty the early yeah, 80s. The so. wind wasn't bad. Right to your point, it was beautiful out there. Yeah, and the, there had been rain, so the, it was, everything was more receptive. Right. And, and they were making birdies like they were layups. Oh, it was. They, they, they and you the, saw an ace. Yeah, and I saw an ace on seventeen from Rye or AI. Rye, yeah, Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye, Aaron Rye. and who tripled the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I, saw, I, I know, and I saw his I saw his ace. We were there. A second ace I've seen on seventeen. I saw I saw um, Sergio. Uh, about seven, eight years ago mm-hmm. too, um, but then the, it was that front pin, so they could just hit it. The, they could just hit it in the middle of the green and spin it back. Every time we looked up, two of the three balls were three feet, four feet. I mean, they were that close. I mean, everybody was so it played as easy as I've ever seen it play. And then yesterday, everything went in the water. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday, yeah, the wind was, was much was really really tough. There were two in the water on, on uh, Saturday. That two for the whole okay. day. Two okay. for the whole I did day. not realize. Okay. okay, so there weren't very many. So so I, I you know I that's got to be a record. I, I, I'm telling you, I never saw one anywhere near the water. I ne- I, I never did. So, uh, but it was a but it was a gorgeous it was a gorgeous weekend, a gorgeous week. The players deserved that. I mean, they really deserved it. It was it, they've worked so hard. That crew's so good, and the course was in phenomenal shape. It was fun to watch. Let me ask you this. Um, Y'all didn't go at all Sunday, right? 
I did not. We did not. Gibby, you went both days. Was it was it night and day? The wind yesterday from oh my Saturday. Oh yes. night, night and day. Yes. So they got. I mean, they got fortunate. They finished it when they did because then the storm coming. came right after that. Like literally after he yeah. hit the ten footer to win it. I mean, essentially to win it. The storm came right after that. It, right it was. That. It was. Yeah. The wind was wreaking havoc out there. I was there for all four days, and it was okay, by so, far the worst on Sunday. Okay, and, and 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 again, I wasn't out there, but the the results certainly showed that. So. Mm-hmm. Because it bothered everybody but him. So great, great, great year for the uh, the players, and congrats to uh, for them putting on a, a yet again a world class event. We'll take a break. Back to some football. Jawan Taylor is headed to the Chiefs. You know that by now. We're going to go through all the other things that happened, the quarterback carousel, what's next for the Jags, all that and more. Let's talk some NFL. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. First of all, to the news, Jawan Taylor, the former Jaguars standout tackle, agrees to terms on a four year, eighty million dollar deal, sixty million dollars guaranteed. There you have it, Ian Rappaport talking about the new deal that Jawan Taylor got with the Kansas City Chiefs. And as we discussed at the top of the show, he will be moving from right tackle to left tackle. And as Hayes pointed out on Twitter, the Jaguars will get a 2024 third-round compensatory pick. Yeah, and again, there's a formula that goes into that. Somebody responded, well, you don't know that yet. Well, I do know that because I know the Jaguars aren't going to spend in free agency. So I do know that. Yeah. And they're going to get a third-round compensatory pick. You don't lose a player like Jawan Taylor, and then go sign an $80 million contract with somebody else. So uh, the Jaguars will, yeah, they'll, they'll probably sign somebody in free agency, a couple players, but it's not going to rise to the level of what the Chiefs gave Jawan Taylor. So Was uh, the deal impressive to you? Yeah, I was stunned by now, the deal. Once you figured out he was going to be the left tackle, did it make more sense? It, it makes zero sense. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it makes more sense that he's getting more money to right. play left tackle, right. but to – give him that much to do something that he's never done in the NFL and never did in college. I mean, again, like I said, the Chiefs, they're the world champions. They certainly don't make a lot of mistakes. This feels like a huge mistake to me. Um, you know, and, and as, again, so, you know, we'll see. I, I do think it, it the ramifications of this here are, are also, I don't think this is going to hurt the Jaguars in the locker room. I think players, Jaguar players, are going to be like, wow. When they see the money that Jawan got, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, man, why couldn't we have done that here? I mean, in hindsight, they could have franchised him, and the franchise tag would have been less than the average per. Uh, but the Chiefs aren't. I'm, I'm, I'm sure this contract's going to have him as a first year cap number at like 10 million. It's not going to be 18.5. Right. So the Chiefs are are probably, you know, having a lower number now in a higher number down the road. That's traditionally how these things work. So I, you know, I, I think if you're a Jaguar player, I, I, I understand wanting to get your own homegrown talent to second contracts. I don't think there's going to be any ripple effect in the locker room losing Jawan Taylor. There's going to be disappointment because they like Jawan and, and he's a good player. But I don't think Trent Baalke or Doug Peterson are going to have any collateral damage over this because I think, I think people are genuinely stunned that he's making $20 million per year. And the Jaguars just weren't – they just don't have the money to get to that point. And it's always surprising to me, Frank, that the Chiefs, a team that obviously has some superstars, are able to do that. Yeah, so, and again, I, I, I think Juwan – I disagree with Hayes, and I think probably disagree with you too. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be good. I, whatever side he plays on, he was really good last year. Talking to those guys publicly, <laughs> privately, he was really good last year, which is why they really wanted to re-sign him. He was he 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 committed himself. He got in great shape. He was physical. 
Uh, again, he was by a wide margin their best offensive lineman last year. So, so I think he'll be good, but we'll see. Um, all right, so let, let, let's we'll get to. I want I want to I want to get to all this stuff coming up. But today, Walker Little is their right tackle. Yes. Do you think they sign a right tackle at any time in free agency? A tackle. I, I, say, I say right. Yeah, a tackle. I kind of don't. I, I, I think it'll be something that they solve in the draft. And if, for whatever reason, the draft doesn't bear out what they're hoping for, I, you know, if for whatever reason they end up going, let's say, edge rusher, receiver, corner with their first three picks, uh, then maybe they circle back and, and sign a veteran left tackle, you know, in, in the summer, uh, right before training camp. Um, but I, I would be surprised if, you know, if, if they – go from if they pivot from Jawan to now <clears throat> signing a you know a, a a sizable veteran free agent I think they're going to draft a right tackle whether it's with the 24th pick or in the second third round somewhere in there uh, similar to how they got Luke Fortner I think they're going to identify a tackle that they want and add that person to the draft I think they will sign a right ta- a veteran right tackle maybe to be the swing guy maybe to compete um, I don't think there's enough guys on their roster right now that they're comfortable playing there, that they would go into a season where 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 it means so much, where this season means so much to them. I mean, they're look, they may be a Super Bowl contender. I doubt they'd go into that season with Cam Robinson and two really young players, which is what happens if it's Walker Little and drafted guy it's two really young players, so, so we'll see what winds up happening. Other things that uh, you know by now, uh, Jalen Ramsey traded to the Dolphins. There's going to be uh, Javon Hargrave. That's the big deal. Went to the Niners. How good will that defense be? Really good. I mean, on, on, they were good already, and now Hargrave to the Niners, uh, Mike McGlinchey to the Broncos, and Ben Powers. So they got a tackle. They're going to pay a tackle and a guard. So they're really trying to – if, if Russell Wilson isn't good anymore, it's not because they didn't do all they could to make him good. They brought in one of the best head coach play callers uh, in football in the last generation. They, they brought in an awfully good tackle, an awfully good guard. They've got good receivers. It, it, it's on Russ now. I think that's what I took out of that. Yep. Um, you know Carr to the Saints by now. Jimmy G to the Raiders by now. Thoughts on that? No surprise, I guess. I don't think it makes the Raiders – I mean, I think going from Carr to Garoppolo, I, I just – I don't think that's going to make a seismic difference either way. They're paying less for Garoppolo, so maybe they can justify it by, you know, keeping a Josh Jacobs in the fold or something like that. But I, I, I don't get the sense that the Raiders are anything more than what they were last year, which is, you know, a, a mediocre team, but certainly not a threat in a deep AFC. Yeah, I totally uh... – think that Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Derek Carr. I've thought all along Derek Carr is not very good. I don't think the Saints got any better with Derek Carr. I think Jimmy G is pretty good, so I think the Raiders are much improved this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what, I, I was happy to see that one because I did not want to see him with D'Amico Ryans in Houston. Not that Houston all of a sudden is going to be some great football team. The Jags just blew him out there at the end of the season. But I didn't want to see that. I want to see them play with a rookie. I want to see the Colts play with a rookie. I want to say the Titans play with a – a journeyman who's who was just okay and is not as good as he once was. I I, I mean that. So my first thought, my first selfish thought when Jimmy G, when I saw Jimmy G to the Raiders, was he's not to the Texans. I didn't like. That. I didn't want him to go to the Texans. I agree. I, that, that didn't. I didn't want that. It never made a lot of sense to me that that people were 
reporting about Houston's interest because why would you do that if you're Jimmy G? I, I understand why Houston might want to do it, but why would you go there and then risk that they do take a quarterback at two and then you've got that breathing down your neck? Again. Yeah, it just it, it seems like with the Raiders, the Raiders could move up potentially, but it doesn't appear like the Raiders are, are going to get – they may not get one of the, the top four at all. But if they get one of the top four, it's probably going to be more in the you know developmental camp where at least Garoppolo should feel pretty good about, well, maybe I'll at least get a full year with really no pressure from uh, the uh, brass to play the rookie. So, uh, and, and look, the Raiders have good weapons. So, I mean, it makes sense for Garoppolo. Houston doesn't have anything. So, it, again, that, that was one of those where it's like you have to look through both lenses. You know, I get that it makes sense for Houston, but does it make sense for Garoppolo? And it never did. The Raiders make sense for both parties. I I just don't I just don't think they'll be anything more than the third best team in the AFC West. Yeah. Uh, other thing, Case Keenum is going to the Texans, which now ensures that they're drafting a guy. And what, I mean, what is this like his sixth stint yeah, with yeah. the Texans? It I might mean, be. <laughs> but, either, uh, but 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 but. He's the right backup quarterback to bring in when you're going to play a rookie. That's sure. the right kind of guy. So Case Keenum to the Texans uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, other stuff that got my attention, Josh Oliver to the Vikings, three for 21. Austin Eckler trying to get traded. Did you see that deal? Yeah. Is that just they can't they can't come to agreement on money? He's a good player. He is good. They just can't come to an agreement on money? That's what yeah. they're saying. I mean. That's what his agent said. The they Chargers mess are, it up. The, the Chargers, Chargers find a way just, to mess it up, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> just it, it being a Chargers fan must just be brutal. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would keep him. He's really good, a really good player. But, and, and I mean, your window. I mean, at some point, you know, you just rework Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to keep them with Justin Herbert. You don't want to get rid of your running back. To, I mean, that's a you know, neither one of those guys are burners, but they're both good players, and they just reworked them so they're both going to be on the team. And Justin Herbert is is working into that prime, and I mean, have Herbert Eckler and those two receivers, that's pretty good. I mean, in 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 an era in the NFL where that's kind of what we what people do now, is you get the the really good quarterback, some good weapons outside, and one good back that can do a lot of different things, catch the ball and all, kind of like what they're doing here. Don't mess. That, I wouldn't mess that up. I man. wouldn't either. And they yeah. play defense, or they should. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of defensive talent, so. Yeah, the Chargers are are a conundrum and a perpetual underachiever. Yeah, yeah. So interesting stuff. Um, apparently, the Bucks are thinking about bringing in Baker Mayfield and and or not and or or Jacoby Brissett. Does that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me because they don't have money for anybody else, so they were never going to be in the running for any of the the higher paid quarterbacks. And so I think they're looking at it like we literally only have Kyle Trask on the roster. We yeah, have to have right. someone else. And Baker Mayfield is not going to cost very much because I don't think he'll end up being the starter. If it's you don't, if he goes to Tampa, you don't think. Right, I don't think so. I think Baker Mayfield's done. If Brissett goes there, he's there to either be the backup or to keep the seat warm until Trask is ready. I think if Mayfield goes there, he's the starter. And I think if you bring in Baker, and I don't think Baker Mayfield signs there unless he's pretty much told he's the starter. What happens there? I I would agree. I, I again. Tampa Bay should start Kyle Trask. That's what I think. There's no downside. Again, he's either going to be great and you've solved your problem or he isn't and you're right in the mix for one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in 10 years 
and, and Caleb Williams. And Drake May comes out and, too. And Drake May will be in the draft as well yeah. in case somehow you, you know, you don't get the number one pick. But I, I, if I was I, – Tampa Bay, obviously, they need to sign a quarterback. But to me, it would be Nick Mullins. You know, yeah. It would, it would be Brissett, somebody that – But Brissett makes sense because he's a guy – I don't. I think Jacoby Brissett does not expect to be a full time starter in the NFL. See, again. I think Brissett would expect to start. Oh, you do. I you, do. Like, Over trust, like, like Mayfield would. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I. I. My gut tells me Brissett would take the job, knowing what it was. There's no way Baker Mayfield's going to go there if there's any chance he's playing behind Kyle Trask. Now I say that he's got to find a job. Right. There's a bunch of guys. You know, Keenum had to find a job. Uh, Gardner Minshew's going to have to find a job. Brissett's going to have to find a job. But you know, there's a, Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of guys out there. You know, there's a lot of that mid-level yeah, quarterback. Bridgewater. Guy. Bridgewater's the same guy. There's a lot of that mid-level, sort of started once upon a time, veteran guy, probably will be a good guy to keep the seat warm, maybe a guy to help the young guy watch tape. There's a lot of that guy out there this year. It seems like more than ever. It is. There's no good quarterback, right, except right. for perhaps Aaron Rodgers. Right, if, that's right. If he does decide to continue playing. Uh, but there's a lot of bad ones. I mean, or certainly, uh, you know, mediocre ones. I mean, again – Carson Wentz is available. Sam Darnold is available. Mike Andy White is Dalton not available. is available. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and, and again, I, I am curious to see where Minshew ends up um, because I, I think that would be a, a good signing for a team that, you know, if, if you needed an insurance policy, I think Minshew would be uh, an interesting choice as a backup. Yeah, I wonder – But he, so if you're Gardner, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to start it. I just don't. But if you're if I'm him I don't think so either. As hard as I've worked and as hard as he's worked, you sure hold out hope that there's one team out there. I would try if I was Gardner Minshew, I would take less to try and go replace Chad Henney as Mahomes' backup. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because then you get to learn from Andy Reid. I, I don't know if Gardner still wants to get into coaching. He's probably made more as a professional than he ever anticipated. But I know he was on that path uh at some point in his college career prior to going to Washington State. So, look, if you ever are thinking that coaching might be in your future, I would try and do whatever it took to go be Mahomes' backup and just learn from Andy Reid and be able to say, you know, later on in job interviews, yeah, I learned a lot playing behind Patrick Mahomes and being in meetings with Coach Reid. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's stay on the quarterbacks. Now that all this is starting to flesh out today, let's see. Let's go through all 32 teams. And what does it look like at their quarterback position? That's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Coming up the best bet on St. Patrick's Day, that $300 no limit hold a mega satellite with five seat guarantees into the Run Good Poker Series main event. Man, oh man, they have great stuff. The best bet is the most fun. There's Jacksonville over there on Monument Road, Orange Park on 17, and of course right there on the highway in St. Augustine. $1,500 high hands Saturday, this coming Saturday, Every 30 minutes at all three locations from 2 until midnight, you're going to have a big time. Head to the best bet. If you're not having a good time at the best bet, something's wrong with your ability to have a good time because they do a great job over there. All right, let's keep it on the NFL. The quarterback. So I think we know now. Let's go. AFC East, Mac Jones. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, I think that's going to get done sooner rather than later. Sure seems to be taking a while. Tua with with interesting backup with – this Mike White guy who was pretty good with New York. So, uh, but two is the quarterback there. Or right. Brady. Yeah, or, <laughs> or Brady. Josh Allen. Uh, in the South, obviously the two rookies, uh, Tannehill and Trevor. In the North, 
uh, Pickett and Burrow and Deshaun Watson and I think Lamar. In the West, we now know Russell and Garoppolo with obviously Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Let's go to the NFC. Uh, Daniel Jones, Prescott, Jalen Hurts. Who's the commander's quarterback? Why don't I know that? Sam Howell. Sam Howell for today. That's one we probably don't know yet. Okay, that's the one. We know they're going to start with Sam Howell. But the, that one, that's one, put an asterisk by that one. Okay, if you're, if you're, if you're keeping a chart, put an, I, I think put an asterisk by that one. We know the rest of them. They don't draft until, what, 16th? Yeah, so, so they're not going to get one of the yeah, big so, four unless they make a massive I would, trade. I would, tr- I would take, if I was Washington, I'd take Hendon Hooker and yep. I'd yeah, play him over yeah, Howell. Yeah, 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 I hear you. Me too, me too. I, I would. Good point, I would too. So, but that, so that's the one put an asterisk by. The South is a mess. Obviously, rookie in Carolina, Desmond Ritter, I guess, Kyle Trask, I guess, and Carr is the dean of the quarterbacks in the South. Um, Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields. And then in the West, obviously, I guess Stafford, although the word is they're trying to trade him because they're blowing everything up. I mean, but, but for yeah. today, it's Stafford, right? They should trade Stafford. Yeah, well, yeah, you would think, right? Stafford. So, uh, you got the Trey Lance, um, uh, Purdy, mm-hmm. Battle. Geno Smith. And you got Geno and, Kyler Ru- and uh, Kyler Murray, right? So, so you know, so, so, so I think that's kind of played out now. I, I think if, if Aaron Rodgers goes to New York, as now most people expect that he will, it could change, but there's enough smoke now. That it's clear Green Bay doesn't want him back. It, 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 I, I don't think that could be any more clear in my mind. It, it looks like, you know, the Saints went and got their guy. The Raiders went and got their guy. I guess he could wind up back in the Bay. He's from there, but I don't, I don't sense that. So I, I think Rodgers to New York looks to be where this thing's going to go now. Um, there's less mystery now other than which rookie winds up at Indianapolis, Houston, and Carolina, right? Right. That's really it. That's 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 it, and all the everything else is pretty much settled. Uh, certainly in the AFC. I mean, in the AFC, you can pretty much go ahead and and do your one through sixteen, which would be fine. I mean, again, we don't know who which two rookies are are going to be joining the Texans and Colts, but uh, but the AFC again, if Aaron Rodgers does join the Jets, I mean, it is just unbelievable the amount of talent. I mean, again, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets paid a pretty good amount of money today to join the Raiders. I think he'd be like twelfth or eleventh. You know, I mean it, and that's not a. I think Jimmy G's a good player, but I no, mean, I, I it is I yeah, I'm loaded. You. I mean, you're yeah. talking about if if you assume the Jets are getting Aaron Rodgers, it's Mahomes and Burrow and Trevor and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and uh, Lamar Jackson. I I mean. It's a who's who. It, it, Herbert, it's I mean that's seven really talented players. So so the so if you assume that the Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis are taking rookies, right? The Carolina, fourth, yeah, all three for sure. All three. The fourth rookie, I guess what I've seen the most is Seattle, and then whoever it is, Richardson or whoever plays behind Geno Smith for a while. Is that is that what you see? That's what I think I've seen the most. Is is the fourth. There's if it ends up being Richardson, I mean, maybe it's Levis, but yes, I would the, think the fourth, the fourth person selected, I would think, is going to a place where they don't have to play right away. And what wouldn't you guess that today that Seattle or that, Detroit, that's what, yeah, something maybe like Detroit. that. I, it's, I seem to see Seattle the most. Haven't you seen that? Yes, even though they committed to Geno Smith for right. three years, I don't know that they think he's going to be there for ten years. Well, I can tell you this: if it's Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, you could certainly make the argument, hey, you have a big time prospect, but he doesn't need to play right away. 
and he can benefit from not. So uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see the way that whole. And the Raiders were a spot that I thought maybe that could happen, but not now. Yeah, no, and I and I and look the the Raiders. I'll give the Raiders credit. I mean, Jimmy G with Josh McDaniel, there's some intrigue there. I don't think anybody would debate that there's there's some intrigue there. Um, what else is left to have happen of significance, Hayes, in your mind? Do we know, I mean, Cam Sutton to the Lions, that's good for them. The Lions are making a run. I give them credit. The Dolphins are clearly trying now. I mean, the Gol- the Dolphins feel like uh, they're lo- they're loading up. If the Dolphins are going to win, they've said it's time to win. Whether it works or not, they look like a team that's trying to win. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, to get Jalen Ramsey for basically a, a third-round pick is thievery. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good move for Miami, and they've got Tua on a rookie contract, so you can afford to splurge in some areas, and, and that's what they're doing. And, again, I, I think uh, you know what Miami ends up doing at quarterback is going to be really interesting. But in terms of the free agents, uh, you know, we've seen obviously a lot of activity it's not a, a great class to begin with. I'm, I'm eager to see what happens at receiver and tight end with guys like Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Jacoby Myers, uh, Dalton Schultz, Gusecki, uh, Austin Hooper. From a Jaguars perspective, it's interesting because it'll start to give you some sense of what Evan Ingram's next deal should look like. And, uh, and, and so that'll be, that'll be intriguing. But it just to me, it just reemphasizes there just wasn't a lot out there, and there's still it. You know, it, it, it's it, what wasn't a deep pool to begin with is now I think dreadfully shallow. If you're still a club in in need of a lot of immediate talent, Bears. Did you just see this? The Bears are giving Tremaine Edwards from the Bills, the linebacker, four for seventy-two with fifty guaranteed. Wow. For an inside linebacker, I know he's a three-down guy. It's the largest contract ever. Ooh, for an that's a linebacker. bunch of money for a linebacker, isn't it? It is. Chicago's got uh, tons of cap space, and I think they want to show their fans that you know they're with new leadership and and they're ready to win. And uh, you know, so or they're they're certainly going to try. And and again, if you're the Bears, I think you're you're invigorated by what's going on in Green Bay. I mean, Absolutely. Green Bay has had their foot on this division's throat for 25 years. That's a great point. Because of Favre and Rodgers. And now you're starting to see the clearing, and, and you just that's have a, to. That's a really good point. They, they, every now and then someone will come up and win 10 games or 11 games, but they've dominated for decades, haven't they? Yeah, and, and now you've got to hope, if you're the Bears and the Vikings and the Lions, that Jordan Love is terrible and the Packers go through a Miami Dolphins-esque QB purgatory that they went through after Dan Marino. I mean, you know, the, it may take the Packers 20 years to find their next guy. I mean, Jordan, maybe Jordan Love will be great, but that's the, that's the risk. And so I think if you're Chicago, it's like, here we go. We're, we're, you know, we, we feel great about our young quarterback. They've added DJ Moore. They're still going to get a really good player at nine. Uh, they've got a lot of other draft assets at their disposal. Uh, so, yeah, it's high, but, you know, I mean, again, you've got this cap space. It just, I mean, I, I, I think most of these owners, particularly a, a franchise like the Bears, you know, they're going to want to spend. I think the other thing I learned today, not learned, but it was reemphasized, is if you want a really good tackle or if you really – offensive tackle or defensive tackle, you're going to have to draft them because paying them is outrageous. Yeah, and nope. so, yeah, like between Deron Payne and – and Javon Hargrave, you, we, the Jaguars and most teams probably can't afford those types of deals. No, you're right. And the team that has to do it is trying to win today. There, there's no question. Um, you know what? It, 
one of the many, many things that is wonderful about the about the NFL is it doesn't take long for the new the new blood to emerge. Kansas City's old blood. That's about it. Cincinnati's new blood, Philadelphia's new blood, Jacksonville's new blood, um, Baltimore's old blood, but they're not, who knows? Who knows if they're in it? The teams that people are talking about are the, are the Bengals and the Eagles and the Jags and, of, and of course, the Chiefs. And, uh, and now and what got me thinking about it is your point, that the Lions are new blood and the Bears are new blood, and, and if the Dolphins come around there, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, league, the league does that. More than any other sport, any other way. Well, in the last few years, we've seen the Patriots fall off, the Saints fall off, right. uh, the Steelers fall off. You know, and, and the Seahawks. It, yeah, and it, well, the Seahawks made the playoff. But yeah, I get your point. I mean, but uh, it's you lose these iconic quarterbacks, right. and it's just well, really hard, really hard to keep keep the train moving. One of three teams you just talked about: Patriots, Steelers, and Saints. If Swan dive, taking a Swan dive, the Colts. I mean, the Colts with Peyton and Luck were looked like they'd never lose, and they haven't been able to get out of their way since then either. So the new blood, the new blood piece of the NFL is kind of cool. So what a day today! Um, I'm trying to think what a, there will be a lot. There will be big moves like the like the Edmonds moves one we didn't see coming. There will be a lot of those, but I think as far as marquee guys, other than Aaron Rodgers making it official one way or the other. There's not a chance, or, or Brady. To your point about Brady, but other than something like that. I think this is the 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 excitement's over way before Wednesday, isn't it? They they say Wednesdays, but it's not really the the excitement's today. Yeah, it it absolutely, and and again, you just you look at the free agents that are out there, and it is just, I mean, it's just a wasteland. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the top talent, I mean, give me some names. The top running backs available: David Montgomery, uh, Miles Sanders, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt. Uh, top quarterbacks: Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Mariota. This is uh, what about um, that list? Will Clay's? How about the list you just Clay's, went, How about the uh, list you list. just went through? The uh, top free agent quarterbacks available. If you assume Rogers, by the way, is not a free agent. Correct. And Tom Brady is retired, at right. least for today. So the number. Give me the. Give me the top five quarterbacks available that are true free agents as we speak. This is according to this. Yeah. So this is one man's opinion, but it's Mike Clay who covers the NFL for uh, ESPN. His top quarterbacks available in free agency now are Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater. How about that group? Yeah. That, that says all there is to say. All six of those guys, with the possible exception of, of Mayfield, and probably him too, to Lauren's point, but with the possible exception of him, all six of those guys are going to be backups. Yes. There's not one guy. Of the, the, or should be. Or, well, I can't think of one that won't be. Yeah. Of the six you read off, because of the of the journeyman guys that will start because the other guy's not ready. Other than Brissett, most of them have jobs. I mean, look at receiver, because we've yet to well, see a receiver sign. The top receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is just decent. Yeah, agreed. Average. Uh, Jacoby Myers. I mean – wouldn't you be upset if your club gave Jacoby Myers seventy million dollars? Well, well, and that's one of the, and one of the uh, main reasons. And Doug even told me this yeah. midseason. One of the main reasons that the Jags were so aggressive with Ridley, absolutely, is because they knew the free agent. Not just honestly, the free agent class was not going to be just bad, but almost historically, yeah, mediocre, right? Yeah, and so it's. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anything. I'm. There's some good safeties. You know, Bates, McLeod, still out there. Um, but I don't think you're going to see anything that's going to 
kind of make anybody say, oh, wow, that really changes how I view their, their future moving forward. Uh, there just there just really isn't a lot in this class to like. It's a probably a big reason why Jawan Taylor got twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, interesting stuff. Let's take a break. Let's get into some college basketball. The field is set for the NCAA tournament. Uh, we've all seen the brackets. Uh, what got your attention? That's next. Stay with us. So I'm looking at this uh, bracket. Here's the deal. After all the Brandon Miller and all the other stuff, Alabama's going to win the whole thing, aren't they? Probably. Alabama's going to win the national championship. After all the Brandon Miller talk and all this and all the controversy, they're the, they're the best team, aren't they? I Well, I mean, I think you can make the, the argument that they are. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously, there's other one, there's other yeah, number one seats, too. Right, but I, I think that their, their draw is, I think, sensational. Uh, Virginia has no chance right. uh, as a four seed. Uh, the way they play, Alabama is going to torch right. Virginia right. If, if Virginia even gets there. Uh, San Diego State is good, but I mean, if that's your uh, opponent to get into the Elite Eight, I think you're in pretty good shape. I don't think they're going to get threatened at all in the eight nine game. And then uh, you know, and, and Arizona's tough if they can be there. But so I, I love their draw. And to be honest, if they win the South, I think the East is by far the weakest. So I think in the East, you're probably playing in the Final Four, a bad team, a bad team for that stage of the tournament right uh so yeah i think alabama has uh, the path is is very clear to get to the championship game and then obviously it's that's going to be a tremendously difficult game yeah i would say when we turn our brackets in on wednesday i would predict all four of us have alabama in the final four i don't know that we would all have alabama winning the whole thing but i would predict we all have alabama in the final four you know what i'm glad of can i say what i'm glad am i allowed to be glad of something sure four seed in the nit I'm, well, that well, you, you know where I'm headed. I'm glad Florida didn't hire Shaka Smart. That wouldn't have worked. Right. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Bad fit. A guy who, by the way, I don't know if he was in it this time, but a guy who is close to people that I know who would love to one day be the Florida coach. That's unbelievable. I mean, he's. I mean, I'm just glad he's not coaching there. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so, he, they he could, might, so they could. So they could have had Shaka Smart. Well, I don't know that. I don't know but where that was. Instead, they hired Todd Golden. And I, and I don't want to misrepresent this. I don't know if they could have had Shaka Smart. What I do know is, over the years, that's a job he has coveted. That but you don't leave Marquette to go to Florida, do you? I think you do. Really? Well, well, I don't think you typically do. But let's say it's two years from now. And let's say the Todd Golden thing doesn't work for the sake of the conversation. Then he may not go because the well, Florida job will have fallen. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, okay. But, uh, but yeah. my, my point is, let's, let's say it's been a few years and you're now up. I can tell you definitively, I know this. I don't, I don't say I know stuff that I don't know because a lot of times I don't know much. He has coveted that job. He has coveted that job since he was on Billy's staff and hoped one day he would succeed Billy. I, I, I know that for a fact. Now, look, he went on to VCU and was great and went to Texas and he outgrew it maybe. But I can tell you he has always coveted the job. I'm telling you, he's always coveted. There's something about Gainesville and that job and that arena. And quite frankly. That's just unbelievable. Quite frankly, he probably did the best coach. He probably did the best coaching job in the country this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have Brandon Miller, all right? He's, 20, he's a two seed at 28 and six. And I will tell you, I watched all of them last night, all the pundits. I mean, from Billis to Seth Davis to – I don't know if you watched them. I watched them all last – do you watch them? Yes. Watch them. They all got Marquette in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they all got him in the Final Four? So, I mean, they're, 
And again, I, I don't pretend to have watched a lot. I'm not going to misrepresent it. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's not. So the, let me just make sure <laughs> that I'm following this. Mm-hmm. So there's a very good chance that if Florida had wanted to have Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly and Shaka Smart, yeah. That could have happened. I don't know that. I'm not going to misrepresent it. <laughs> but that's what you hear. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you certainly have heard reports I don't know on th- the football side that Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley reached out to Florida, and Florida said, no, we've got our guy, yeah, and we're going to hire Billy Napier. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, just being honest, giving you my opinion. I don't know if I believe that. One more time, I do believe that one day Shaka Smart hopes he's the Florida coach. That I, that I will tell you is that he one day hopes he's – that's the one I can tell you that – I know I know someone really, really, really close to him. Okay, without without saying more than I should say, and he ho- he hopes one day he would like to one day be the Florida basketball coach. That's what I will. I would, and maybe one day he will be the Florida basketball coach. Um, <laughs> uh, how about Gonzaga? You like the Zags this year? I don't. They don't play great defense, right. and, and so and, and Kansas is so good. And Kansas, yeah, and although get, you know, to your point, watching these shows last night I mean people make UConn out to be the Harlem Globetrotters I mean I saw way more UConn in the final four and some had UConn winning it yeah I did too then and then any Kansas which surprised me yeah I I did Um, too Maybe because of the Bill Self stuff, even though he's back. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, but, but I'll say Kansas knows how to. When Kansas is awfully good when they get going. Yeah, deep, you know, Duke is the five. See, Duke's the five in the East, the same region Marquette's in. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that lo- were loving Duke too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks Duke is underseeded. Yeah, which is unusual, but, but this is the year they're underseeded. But that I get because Duke was like injured for a lot yeah, of the year, that's right. and now is sort of gotten healthy. So that I, I sort of get where. People would be like, well, yeah, they're a five, but you know, they they're really much higher than that. So I I kind of get that, but I I thought that was my biggest takeaways last night watching uh, a lot of the the um, breakdowns of it is how many people were all over UConn and Duke going all the way to like the championship, and you've got to have serious guts to put a four or a five seed going all the way. How about eight, eight? SEC teams in that thing. Yeah. Eight. Eight teams from the South. And I, I got to be honest, I think they might fare well. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think the, uh, I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot because cause Arkansas plays Illinois, and the right. Big Ten has historically been a way better basketball league. It just has in the SEC until recent years. So that that's a real fun test of league versus league. You know that also mm-hmm. Iowa Auburn and Iowa Auburn. That's a, that's another very good. Those those are really really good, and those are both first round games. Those are those nine eight games. Mm-hmm. So those those will be fun games to to see kind of really where they where they look. Even in a play in game, usually I don't pay much attention to the play in games. But Mississippi State Pitt will be fun because it's SEC ACC. Mm-hmm. Usually play in game is. Some conference you've never heard of, right? Right. And so, so I think that'll 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 be fun. What do you and think? Pitt won the ACC, yet they're in a playing game. Think about that. Yeah, that's a that's a strange. You thing. even have A and M versus Penn State in a seven ten. That's mm-hmm. right. It's another game, so you have a pretty good idea, I think, of conference versus conference. Even though Penn State, in fairness to the Big Ten, is in a traditional power. What do you think is the toughest uh, bracket or the toughest region? I should say. I would say the West. Because you do have can't you have the defending champ in Kansas, you've got UConn who apparently is the greatest college basketball team ever assembled. <laughs> right. You've got UCLA who is always 
a, a dangerous team, and, and they've really got it figured out. And then your three seed is Gonzaga. And we've seen the tournament is weird, and, and it would be ironic, but it wouldn't be the least bit surprising if this is the year that Gonzaga, you know, cuts down the nets is yeah. a three. I mean, I, again, a three seed can win it. Florida was a three seed the first year they won the national title. Right. So a three seed, I, I, I think you, you have a legitimate chance to get there. I'll go west toughest and east the easiest. I think the east yeah. is the one you can come out of, which is why a lot of people, Lauren, have Duke coming out of there. Right, absolutely. I think the Midwest is tough, too, with Miami as a five seed. I mean, that's a really good basketball program. And then you've got also, obviously, Texas and Xavier as well. How about Jim Laranaga? Yeah. What a job. Could Florida he- have had him, too? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, what a job he's done. Yeah. They said he was too old when they hired him. In a Which was 30 years ago, it right, feels like. It was at 80. Yeah. And then and then last couple years ago, it looked like he was over the hill. They are 25-7 and seven in a really good league. How about how about Jim? What a good job he's done. They got to the Elite Eight last year. Yeah. And uh But wasn't um, it two years ago, two years ago where they said it, it, he'd lost his magic yeah. or something? Remember that? Yep. And uh they had a great run last year. They're certainly poised this year. You know, Houston's battling some injuries. So and and again, Houston, you just you don't it's always gonna be tough with Houston. They they sort of are the same thing as Gonzaga. They just they don't play a lot of great teams throughout they're they're in a they they try their best out of conference. But they're in a lousy league, so you just don't know how battle-tested they are, and so they're always a little bit of a roll of the dice. So if Miami could, uh, and I think Indiana is, you know, a, certainly a a gettable four seed, so it would be interesting to see if Miami can pull another big upset like they did last year. I think they beat Auburn last year uh, in route to the Elite Eight, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Miami was another team that a lot of people, uh, a lot of the analysts were really high on to advance pretty far. What about Dusty May? Could Florida have had yeah. Dusty May? Yeah. The FAU men's basketball. He wasn't coach. ready. He wasn't ready, but I, I read. I mean, clearly. He has yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. 31 and 3. But, obviously, but, they beat Florida. But I, read, but I read this, and again, I don't, I don't pretend to be connected enough to basketball to know. I'm a serious note. Not that your points haven't been serious. Okay. <laughs> okay. But another serious note. But I did read this the other day that Mike White's teams were never the same after he left. And I didn't know that. I, I mean, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't, I read that somewhere, and I don't know enough about the inner workings, but Mike White's teams were not as good the last two years. They, you know, they missed the tournament one year. The team wasn't, you know, they, lost, they had the Keontae stuff and whatnot. But he was on that staff on the Elite Eight team, and he mm-hmm. was on that, and, he, and I assume he was, was he a primary recruiter that got him Scotty Lewis and Keontae and Trey Mann? So. You got to believe he was, I mean, he's 31 and three as a head coach. So a lot of people said that Mike White's teams weren't the same. Now I read. Now, did someone just say that because they're thirty-one and three, or just you know mm, what I mean, or yeah. does somebody know what's going on behind the the scenes? But it was interesting. But I'll, I'll keep an eye on that team because, I mean that that FAU, um, look they they play Memphis, who's really good. I mean, so that's that, that's a I mean, that's a I, tough challenge for them for yeah, sure. Yeah, it'll be fun. And to speaking watch. of Kanta Johnson, Kansas State certainly looks to go far in the tournament as well. I hope they win the damn thing. I, I hope I hope sure. I hope he's the MVP. I hope he's cutting down the necks, cutting be, down the nets. It'll be one great. shining moment. It'd Wouldn't be, that be great? It'd be great. If it, this is all I care about. That would be wonderful too. Just knock Kentucky out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. In the second round. That's right. Yeah. Just just the three over the six. Right. It can, you know, let's goes, just knock Calipari out of that. And he thing. goes for twenty six and thirteen yeah. in that game. Right, that'd be good. Right, makes makes the last seven free throws of the game to cinch yeah. it. Gives Calipari the throat slash in the final <laughs> seconds.
I think all Gator fans will have Kansas State going over Kentucky, but also going far in their bracket. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be great? Absolutely. That, I mean, that would be that would It'd be, be redemption. And I, listen, I, I got to be honest here. I'm, we're always honest on these programs. I don't like watching it when my team's not in it. It's not fun. This is terrible. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But but and look, and, and this will make me a bad Gator because I don't root for Florida State. But at least when Florida State's in it, I watch to see who they're going to play. And and even if it means because I'm going to get to root against them, they're not in it either. And there's just not there's just not I don't know. This is it lost some. Billy spoiled me. That's what happened, Brooks. Billy spoiled I me. Understand. I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't. I didn't like it last. I'm watching it, and I've. I didn't even didn't really like watch it. it last night because I was like, they're not. You know, they're not talking about my team. <laughs> Hick and Twi- are we- <laughs> Susanna and I are laying in bed watching some Magnum or Equalizer or some show, and uh, and I looked at my phone during a break, and and Hicken had tweeted, 10 p.m. on ESPN, you. The NIT selection show. Yeah. He goes, anybody? Right. <laughs> anybody with me? Which was really funny. I, didn't I was t- not watching. I did, I, I did not. I did not. I stayed with Equalizer and Magnum, <laughs> just so you know. But I, uh, God bless what did, uh What did you guys make of North Carolina turning down the NIT? You know, Gibby, let me ask you. You're a better person to ask than any of us because you follow the program closer. What did you think? I, uh, I was not surprised. I mean, you kind of get that feeling like we're North Carolina, we're above the NIT. But, again, I, I also see the point – where you got to let some of these younger guys maybe right. play. You, you, you turn down some money uh, if you're North Carolina by not going and, and participating in the NIT, I would guess. But um, I don't know. I, 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 can, I, I guess I understand. They're the, we've talked about this. They're the, the first AP preseason number one to ever miss the tournament since it expanded to 64, 68 teams now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. There's, no, I got it, it was too. a disaster. I, I mean, because they had players, because of the social media backlash they got for this season – North Carolina had players that deleted their social media. Like Caleb Love wow. deleted his Twitter account because wow. I didn't, of I didn't, all the social stuff. And, and, and what happens when you're a school that does nothing but win forever? That when you lose, people can't handle it. Um, it's, it's, it seemed a little snooty to me. I'm glad you brought it up. Very, very snooty, it I think. snooty to me. You know, go play. If but that's who they are. Yeah, and, and, and it is. And I, um, but I got to believe this, that Hubert Davis, I know he got to the final game. But I gotta believe all of a sudden that's a short leash, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. It's got to I be mean, like a short like he's on I the mean, clock next year. I would think, right? I mean, this is North Carolina basketball. I mean, this is, I mean that that's that's Alabama football. Yeah, maybe they can hire Shaka Smart. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I mean that's North Carolina. Well, you say that. Let me just tell you this. I know you're saying it in jest, funny guy that you are. But if they fire Hubert Davis, who the hell you think they're gonna hire? Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they might. Hi- I mean, they they might hire Shaka Smart. And by the way, as much as he's always wanted to be the Florida coach, not if the Tar Heels come calling, he right. doesn't. You know, you don't you don't go to Florida if the Tar Heels are calling for God's sake. Well, so. you could argue this was the worst season in North Carolina history because they were preseason number one. They got swept by Duke and they missed the tournament. Like, how many seasons are worse than that? None. Right. How, well, you're a good call. How about this? I, I guess now the the Texas guy is going to keep his job, right? Rodney, Terry, whatever. I would is. think. I mean, he can't. I mean, he, they had a great season once yeah. he took over. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. So, but if he didn't take his job and they hired Cal, which was all the talk, all the talk was Calipari's going there. That would have been glorious. Well, glorious until Kentucky goes and gets Shaka Smart. Yeah. And then, then you jump off a bridge or something. Nah, or something. I, I, it's basketball. I want Calipari out of it. <laughs> Even but, though they're underachieving. Oh, I, I still. 
Still want him out of Lexington. Uh, what a day it's been today. Uh, busy day on the uh, the NFL front. That's been our lead story all day long. Jawan Taylor, you know by now, to the Chiefs. At the top of the hour, we'll get back to Jawan and the Jags. But when we come back, I want to talk about Calais Campbell, who is, as of right now, has no team. That's next. Stay with us. Always the best bet Monday here on the Frangie Show. Frank Frangie hates Carlisle. Andrew Gibson, I'm Lauren Brooks. The Ravens released veteran defensive end Calais Campbell, obviously a former Jaguar. We once called him the mayor of Jacksonville, a part of Saxwell back in 2017. Frank, what happens with Calais? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the question is, 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 it, is, there a re- is there a reunion? There's a lot of layers to that question. First and foremost, um, what does he have left? He's 36. Yeah, what does he have left at 36? That's not really the uh, the model for what they've done here. And does he fit their defense? They were in a 4-3. He was a big end in a 4-3. They're clearly not a 4-3 now. And quite frankly, if they went to a 4-3 now, their big end, I think, would be Trayvon Walker. So they've already got a guy that would be that if they played that. Now, could he be a 3-4 end? Well, sure he could. He's not played that, but he could be a 3-4. He could be a 3-4 end, and he could play what – he could certainly play the same position Roy Robertson Harris played if they put him in that. I'd love to see it. I wouldn't love to see him come back and not be effective. I mean, the mayor of Saxonville will always be the mayor of Saxonville. But I, um, I got to be honest, every Jaguars fan alive, bar none, when they saw he was cut today, it ran through their mind. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Absolutely. Ran but, through my mind. Yeah, it ran through my mind. And so, and I'm thinking. Just a backup role. That's all the Jaguars well, need. First of all, he's got to figure out what he wants. I do think he wants to keep playing. He is a good player. I probably I probably didn't follow close enough to know how impactful he was last year. How good a player was he last year? He's impactful. I, I don't buy the Calais Campbell is slowing down thing. I, I get his age, but I mean. Th- I've I've had a lot of people say today. Well, maybe you could play like give him you know a a very limited amount of of snaps. He was playing sixty percent of the snaps with the Ravens. Was. This was not a guy that was like barely playing, right? I uh, and he I was mean, cut for cap reasons, not for he's bad reasons. Yeah, I mean he played sixty two percent of Baltimore snaps last season defensively, uh, and he helps you on special teams. He played one hundred and twenty three special team snaps, uh, and I think he remains the best blocker. Uh, in the game when it comes to blocking kicks. And, and, so, and, and, on, and on field goal team, too. Like, like kicking. Like the, he plays both, right? He's, on, he's actually on the field goal. He, in, is he at that? Well, I would think I if think, he played 123 snaps, yeah, I, I think, would think. I think he's on the field goal team, yeah. too. The wing or whatever, whatever. Not, not just the field goal defense team. He has 99 career sacks. You would take all my money if you said he's going to retire. I guarantee he's going to oh, play no, one more season. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. And, and to Hayes' point, he's still a good player. Why Why would you get out of it if you're a good player? Right. Five and a half sacks last season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I would like to see him here. I'd like to see him in a role where if he was playing 60% of the snaps for the Ravens, maybe you try and figure out a 45% amount yeah. of snaps here to keep him fresh. Uh, but absolutely, he could help them. And, I mean, he's – What would he cost? Now, I would think very little. I mean, I, I think for Calais, it's going to be go somewhere where I can win a ring. And you absolutely could win a ring here. And and so, I, you know, I, and obviously Calais saw it. I mean, he saw the magic of Trevor yeah. uh, in person 
last year with that brilliant comeback. Yeah, it will be his, so. It would be his age thirty seven season because he will turn thirty seven before they ever play a game. So it would be it'll it'll be his age thirty seven season, which is tough in the league. Not not undoable, but it's tough for a lineman in the league. It's tough for a defensive player at any position. Offense a little different. It's tough for a defensive player to play at their age thirty seven season. I don't know how many are doing it. Some are, but he would. But I'm like you. If if you could make it work, and and I, and in fairness to the Jaguars in this this current incarnation of Jaguar administration, you don't bring a guy back for sentimental reasons. You bring a guy back because he can help the football team. But if he can help the football team, the sentimental stuff is awesome because he's an all-world teammate. So bringing in a 37-year-old guy doesn't fit the model of what you've done. But he absolutely fits the culture of what you've built. The reality is his culture didn't fit those young guys in 17, which is why it blew up. That's the reality that nobody wants to talk about is that, let's be honest, we all know the stories, whether they've been told publicly or not, but that he would try and get those guys in in line in 17 and 18 or whenever, and there were some of the young guys that said, hey, Pops, we got this. You know that story. Oh, yeah. And we all know that story. The truth is he tried very hard to to reach out to to young players, and 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 they were, nah, we're good. There was there was a lot of now nah, we're good. I don't know if they ever said pops, but that was the that it was, was the, disrespectful. It was disrespectful, and and people and and that is a that's a, that is an accurate story. Well, now there's none of that now. The guys they have now, it's as good a culture and respectful guys throughout that locker room. Yeah, I I think again that's not why I would sign him to your point, but you love the intangibles that he brings. I. Uh, to the building. And again, I think Calais Campbell could absolutely be a force as a rotational player for the Jaguars. And, uh, and again, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Kansas city rolls in here for the AFC championship game and is suck up still their kicker suck up goes out there to, you know, try one. And the same thing that happened to suck up and in, in the swamp many years ago happens in TIA bank and Calais Campbell gets a, a mitt on the kick and the Jaguars win the AFC on a Calais Campbell blocked field goal, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a dream, but it, he's that kind of player, and he absolutely can have that impact on a game. He remains – I think he's got the best timing. Obviously, his frame is immense. Uh, and, and Calais Campbell absolutely – he has not blocked his last kick in the NFL. If Arden Key walks in free agency – do you think then it's more likely for Calais Campbell? Well, they back? do different things. Arden Key, even though he played some defensive line, is more of a stand-up guy. He is Arden Key's going to play in that two fifty-five, two sixty range. But yeah, I, I think it's still, yeah, I do, I do. Again, again, it, to, to be clear, they're totally different positions, right? But, but money would be freed yeah, up. Money freed up, and, and you still, I, I would guess Calais and his agent now are going to consider are going to get some offers. They're going to consider everything. Hayes, you make the best point of all, though. What he doesn't have is a ring, and he's a guy worthy of a ring. If there's ever, I mean, this is this is the Carl Malone of football in some ways. I mean, he's not that, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 ring, there's time when ring chasing is okay. When you've paid your dues, um, and it's not like he's bailing on a team not ready to win a ring, right? It's it's he's a free agent, and yeah, I I, I would think that, and yeah. 
and Lauren makes a good point. That I haven't even thought we haven't even talked about Arden Key yet, have we? We don't know what's going. We've spent so much time talking about Jawan Taylor today that we haven't even gotten to Arden Key. And I don't know what's going to happen with Arden Key, but yeah, look. My final thought on Calais is this: you don't do it for good PR. That's the wrong reason to make any move. And I can, we all know they would not do it for good PR. That's not the reason to do it, and they would not do that. But if it's the right football move on every other level, there's nothing wrong with a little feel good, too. This team has so much feel good going for it right now. How about a little more? You know, and again, to be very clear, do not ever make a move for that reason. But if you wind up getting him, wouldn't that be fun? Be great. Wouldn't that be fun? Do they have a 93, by the way? Is 93 available? Well, it's going to be. <laughs> if he comes, yeah. if he comes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Number 93 is going to wear number 96. Right. 93 is going to 96, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a 93. Oh, listen. The star, you telling me the stars are aligning, Brooks? Is that what you're telling me is happening here on a Monday afternoon on the First Coast? That's what I'm telling you. How about that? There's not a 93, Carlion. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There can, will be shortly. Can you get that deal done? Yes. <laughs> you're connected. You're connected. Four fifty. We'll have that deal done by 508. <laughs> Take a break. When we come back, let's reset the program for you. Juwan Taylor to the Chiefs. You know that by now. Four years, $80 million, $60 million guaranteed by all accounts. Presumably will be the left tackle on the best team in football. How will he do? What will the Jags do? What other deals have come down today? We'll kind of reset the busy, busy day in the NFL right after this on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. All right, one hour to go in the program. What a weekend it was. The Players' Championship behind us. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. The news of today came down right before we came on the air on our program. Jawan Taylor uh, will go to the Kansas City Chiefs when he can sign a deal at 4 o'clock on Wednesday when the league year officially begins. It will be a four-year, $80 million deal. Whew, $20 million. Uh, $60 million of that is guaranteed. He presumably will be the left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that'll all be covered in the in the presser when that happens, I would imagine. Uh, big deal. He was a very, very big part of the Jaguars' offense last year that was that was so good and getting so much better. He was the right tackle. He was the best offensive lineman here. Uh, he was uh, one of the better players, quite frankly, here. He's a guy that's ultimately durable. I mean, there's a guy that doesn't miss a snap. I mean, he doesn't. He he rarely misses a snap his whole career, and uh, and he's gone now to the Chiefs. What happens now here? Walker Little's the right tackle now. Hayes, how much does that affect this team? What happens as you move forward? Obviously, you need to bring in some offensive line competition. Um, you're obvi- you're suddenly very young at tackle other than Cam Robinson. Uh, where do you see this thing going here in Jacksonville? I, I think I see it, <clears throat> excuse me, headed to pick 24 uh, in all likelihood if if the value is there. You know, we saw Todd McShay mock that last week, uh, Darnell Wright. The, the tackle out of Tennessee makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, this is, this is a team that needs now, it needs pass rush help. It needs nickel corner help. Uh, and, it, and it now needs offensive tackle help. And, and I think to a degree, it doesn't necessarily need receiver help, but it's got to start investing in the receiver position. So that's, that's another variable in this. But I to me, I, I almost think you have to push, if, if all things are equal, if the same player with the same value is there at 24, I, I almost think it's got to be the offensive tackle at this point because you don't, A, you don't really know how good Walker Little is. B, Cam Robinson may be here only one more year too. 
So, and you've got nothing in terms of a nucleus of young offensive players beyond Trevor Lawrence. And, and to me, it's hard to count ETN because of his position. Uh, ETN's definitely going to be here two more years, maybe three more years if they uh, pick up his fifth year option. But I don't, you know, they don't have a guy that you, other than Trevor Lawrence, that you look on offense and you say, good chance that guy's here five years from now. Uh, and, and the way you're going to get that is investing in it in the draft. And so I, I think I would be concerned about the offensive line at the tackle position, having Walker Little and having Cam Robinson in terms of the present and the future. And so I think taking a tackle at 24 makes a lot of sense. Now, if an edge rusher is there or an interior defensive lineman that can give you some pass rushes there or you know one of the you think one of the better corners is there, then I would understand that. Maybe if a receiver drops to you that you just had no inkling would be there, I would understand it. But if, if all things are even, if the first 23 picks are you know, basically the, the status quo and, and everything lines up, I, I think in light of this, he's, he's by far your biggest loss. So it stands to reason that you would take your biggest draft asset and put it towards that. And it seems like the value is going to line up. There's going to be offensive tackles that are worthy of selecting at 24. How about former Ohio State right tackle Dwan Jones? He's massive. He's like 6'8", 300 and something pounds, uh, was obviously the right tackle in protecting C.J. Stroud all last season. It's somebody like that. It's somebody. It's That's what, what I think, even if that's a person, Lauren, that comes and just gets in the mix and pushes Walker Little, I, I think – I don't believe – I'd be surprised if they go into the se- a season that, again, I'll say it again, they're going to be the favorite to win the division. They're going to be a team that thinks they're headed to the – that could be headed to the Super Bowl. This this thing changed fast, man. This thing went from first overall pick, first overall pick, meaning your team's lousy, to a really good football team last year. The, listen, they got eliminated by the world champions in a game they hung around for a while with the soon-to-be world champions. They have a good team a good young team that's going to be better next year. So in a year while you, when you're that good and you're on the cusp of maybe going to a Super Bowl, certainly being one of the dominant teams in a really rugged AFC, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to trust right tackle to be only – to go to camp with Walker Little and a draft pick. I just don't think so. I, I think they're going to – somebody that's played a lot of football is going to be in that mix. I'd be shocked if they're not. I would think that – so you're saying they're going to sign someone over the next few days? Uh, no, no, I don't know that yet. Okay, it could be it could be the next few days. It could be it could be closer to camp. It could be later in free agency. It could be after the draft when they see what the draft. I don't know enough about it to know whether or not something's going to happen in the next couple of days. I just think when you get to camp, there's going to be look. Cam Robinson's a pretty damn good player. All right, uh, there's no question. They've got to figure out left guard. They hope Ben Barch will be it. Tyler Shatley went in there, played well this year. We'll see. Could that be Walker Little? Well, if you have a right tackle, I think he was going to be in the mix. If, if you had re-signed Juwan Taylor, I think Walker Little would have gotten a, lift, a look at left guard. But right now, you, you know you've got a rookie center who was a rookie last year that you really like. You have a right guard that you paid and that you really like. If you've got a left tackle that's pretty damn good, a center that's going to be really good, a right guard who's pretty damn good, you're not gonna pull. You're not gonna necessarily pull. Now Walker Little may have a great camp and be your right tackle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Walker Little won't be the right tackle. I think he's the odds-on choice right now. He's he is the uh, he he's the leader in the clubhouse, and I hope it comes down to him being great. And he may wind up being just fantastic. 
But I think, don't you believe somehow, some way, there's got to be competition there? I think, I think, by the way, I think there's competition at left guard, too. I, I'm pretty comfortable that I know who the left tackle, barring injury, I know who the left tackle, the center, and the right guard are going to be. I'm not comfortable, confident that I know who the left guard is going to be. And now I'm not confident yet that I know who the right tackle is going to be. Yeah, and, and again, that's why I think it's it's worthy of investment at, at the 24th pick. If Again, but the right player has to be there. And I do think that there's a lot of candidates that uh, would make sense. So, uh, and that's a, look, that's a good problem to have. If, if, if you are going into a draft and you're, you're saying, boy, I hope the right, right tackle falls to us, you're doing pretty well as a football team. Uh, there's a lot of clubs that would love for, uh, boy, I hope the right tackle position, the board falls our way tonight. Uh, that's a good place to be in. But I do think that they need to start investing in it. Um, you know, Fortner is a good investment along the offensive line. He's got three more years on his rookie deal. Uh, that's good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is getting ready to come up on his second deal, but, but he's a long-term piece. He's homegrown talent. There's just not anything else on the offensive side of the ball of, of consequence. Uh, Etienne, I, I think there's a little bit of an asterisk just because the running back position is that you just cycle through so fast. Um, defensively, they don't have that problem. They've got Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma and Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco. And, you know, they've, they've made significant draft investment on that side of the football. They haven't really done that on the offensive side. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a draft where they really need to if, – if they neglect it again this year, they're really getting into a, a danger area, I think, in 2024 when it comes to the offense that's going to be around Trevor Lawrence uh, in terms of cheap rookie contract but productive players. Offensive tackle, nickel corner, I saw a report that it looks like Trey Herndon most likely is not going to return. Yeah, there's some teams that like him. Right. Uh, tight end, I would say, certainly still in the mix. We don't know what Chris yeah. Manhurts is going to do. He could be back, may not be back. Uh, what are some other positions that they'll draft? That they could draft at 24 or overall? Overall. Yeah, I think, uh, and again, a lot of that, Lauren, comes down to, first, what do they do in free agency? Okay. I still believe they're going to sign a few free agents that weren't on the team last year. You always do that. It may not be... It won't be the significance of recent years, but I think they're going to they're going to add some guys. But I think positions that have to be strengthened, strength, uh, strengthened, either from a depth standpoint or a starting standpoint. I think depth along the offensive front, as we talked about. Yeah, they need they need another tight end or two. There's it was Chris Manhurts gone. He was a big physical blocking tight end and a big part of their running game, and they ran the ball pretty well last year. So I that's why the Georgia guy I think uh, has Darnell made Washington. has made his way to some mocks for that reason. I think they're going to address that. I'd be surprised if they don't. Uh, nickel, as you said, nickel or even outside corner, based on the best guy you can find. I sure see a lot of team, a lot of teams, sure, a lot of people sure do mock the Alabama safety here in the first round. No, I don't see that. I think they've got their two starting safeties. Uh, I think they want to bring back Dewey, but I, but I, but but I see a lot of people. So I think speed on defense, numbers on defense, uh, depth along the offensive front, a tight end, particularly if Manners isn't coming back. I think another running back. I, I, I still don't know that you have enough running backs. They, they re-signed Jermichael Hasty because they like him as a third down back. But I think – I don't know what Snoop Connor is yet. Um, I think you'd like some depth in that room. I, in, we haven't talked about that room much, but I think you got to add to that room. I think that's probably a high priority. And I think you got to add a receiver through the draft. Uh, yeah, me I, too. And I would not wait uh, beyond the fourth round. Uh, you've got five picks in the first four rounds. One of those needs to be a receiver. Again – not because you need them to come in and have 900 yards and six touchdowns as a rookie. Hopefully you don't need that, and you shouldn't need that 
if Ridley, Kirk, and Zay Jones are healthy. Uh, but you eventually are going to move on from these veteran players. They're expensive, and in Ridley's case, he's on his he's on a one year deal. Uh, he's playing on his fifth year option from from his rookie contract. Uh, Christian Kirk makes a lot of money now. Hopefully, he'll continue to perform. Uh, but when he if he does not perform, you have a question. Uh, Zay Jones, I think you're going to have a question uh, going into you know 2024 with him. You've got to invest in receiver. And so, again, it doesn't have to be the 24th pick. doesn't necessarily have to be the 56th pick. But somewhere between pick 88, 121, or 127, they need to bring in a receiver that is cheap and can grow with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think a receiver comes in. It's not a high priority, but I think you always need depth. And that's a room, too, now that you play a lot of guys. You know, so, I mean, that's a you, – you need – uh, you play a lot of guys. What I do think it, what, what I'm encouraged by is I think if they weren't going to bring back Jamal Agnew, which worried me for a while as they tried to make money work, I think that would have happened by now. And I think he's a big part of the football team. I, I'm a I'm a big Jamal Agnew guy. You know, I think he's a big part of it. He was out with Trevor at the golf tournament. He's around. He's a great guy, and he's gonna, he's going to keep getting. He's a wonderful return man, and he's going to keep getting better as a as a uh, as a receiver, so I think he's yes, but I think you add to that room. I, I think I think that's a room you add to. What about defensive tackle? Yeah, you can't have enough. You can't have too many big guys. Probably later in the draft, I think by by extending Roy Robertson Harris, he's going to be here. Foley Fadakasi was up and down last year, but because of the money that it would cost you, he's going to be here. And Devon Hamilton, I think, is a guy that keeps improving. So your three. Your three down linemen are going to be the same, but yeah, there's probably some depth issues there. I don't know if Gottis is back or not. I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know where you – Corey Peters was a guy that gave up football, I think, after the season ended. So you're going to need, you're going to need some depth there and probably some young depth. Well, Fadakasi and Roy Robertson-Harris are, are young veterans, but they're veterans, so I would think you probably need some depth there. Look, every NFL team needs more guys at every spot. You know, there's, not, there's, there's very few teams where, hey, we're good here, we're good there. Yeah, you know what? You need linebackers. You know, I still think you need. I mean, realistically, I love Shaq Quarterman. His big hit on 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 Derrick uh, Henry was one of the one of the biggest plays of the year. But I don't think I see him in the mix. Is a guy that if you had to go play a guy, I think there's three guys there, and I think two of them were rookies last year. So I think numbers there would matter, don't you? Yeah, and and I think Quarterman's going into the final year of his deal. You know, so that's another thing that you know that you would consider. So I mean. You know, they've got, I believe, uh, nine picks in this upcoming draft. Uh, you know, again, I, I think if they wanted to move back from 24 and, and pick up an additional pick in this draft and pick up an additional pick in, in 24, it would make sense. You know, you're not going to be able to have all these veterans. This is going to be uh, the, the, the last year they're going to be able to do this. And so we've already talked about we know that they've picked up an additional pick in the 2024 draft today with Kansas City's lucrative contract signing of Jawan Taylor. Uh, it will, in all likelihood, I can say with 95% certainty, it will be a third-round pick. Uh, so that's, that's going to be the key now. The, the key now is going to be they're, they're going to downshift from being able to have 23 good veteran players to they're going to have to downshift to you're going to have about eight to nine really high-priced players that are great starting with Trevor Lawrence, and then you're going to have to supplement that with a bunch of guys on rookie contracts that are playing good football for you. 
as we take a break, I want to get to some other non-NFL stuff, but yet more news, interesting news. The 49ers have reached agreement on a one-year deal with Sam Darnold. Wow. Interesting deal. I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Um, they're gonna, I, I have heard it's clear now the 49ers are going to try on their, reg, on their everyday 53-man roster to carry 12 quarterbacks, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that's pretty apparent. That's but interesting, yeah. Sam Darnold. I guess because Brock Purdy, the injury is and I would think, longer. Yeah, I, I think best – they said six months and he just had the surgery. So I think best-case scenario is he's healthy by the beginning of the season. He's not going to be at camp. And, uh, and so right now the backup to, to Trey Lance – or the guy competing with Trey Lance until Brock Purdy's ready is going to be Sam Darnold. Yeah, stuff. smart by Sam Darnold. He's never really been in the right environment. And He's this going one, what to a perfect, perfect quarterback. One now. What, what a cr- perfect quarterback place to go. Back in a moment, 1010XL 92.5 FM. He was on his way home from Candletop. Been two weeks gone and he thought he'd stop at Webb's and have him a drink before he went home to her. Is this Reba? It is Reba. Do you know anybody that went? That was I do. Like right, was it yeah. good? Right when the players started, so we were. Was Reba good? I have not talked to them, but I saw pictures, and I think they loved it. How about that? So She's I assume awesome. she was good. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this is originally sung by Vicky Lawrence. Did you know that? I did. Well done, Vicky Lawrence did this. Um, I got things I need, and I got things I don't need. And Gibby, I'm going to hold you responsible for this, okay? All right. Gibby, can I tell you what I don't need? Can I tell you? Yeah. I don't need Mexico putting eleven five on my team in Arizona. Yeah. Okay, and you're the baseball guy, so I'm holding you responsible for this. What the hell, Gib? Yeah, Mexico. Uh, Mexico's pretty good. I mean, they've got uh, Joey Mensis, I think is how you say his name. Who, from hit, the, who hit a bomb? Yeah, from the Nats. Yeah, they've got a good team. I, you know, this Venezuela team that's got Ronald Acuna is phenomenal. They're, they're playing better than anybody, right? They are. Um, but I. Uh, it's interesting because I don't like, need eleven to five against Mexico. Car, no, right? but no. I don't need. It's well, not good. it's interesting that there's guys on the team from Mexico that are definitely Americans, but yeah. I, I don't know. They just had to fill out the team, I guess. Well, see, see, the American team has all these good players, but none of the pitchers wanted to play. Did you see that? Well, I think what's happened too is that the major league teams are putting restrictions on. You can't pitch a number of innings, or you can't throw this many pitches. Well, why wouldn't they? They're about to play a regular season they don't want their because look most of the guys that are on these teams are star players i mean this is not like your your bench guys in the major leagues this is goldschmidt mike trout and trey turner yeah Betts and turner and goldschmidt and arenado stars are playing right well let me tell you who's not playing he's carlin who hails from the bowl school garrett cole max scherzer justin verlander jacob Degrom, uh burns woodruff nola strider freed they're not playing you know what you, you know what that means? It's you know good. you know who started that game yesterday, Gibby? The starting pitcher for the Americans? Zane Smith. <laughs> no, I know Wainwright started the first one. Nick Martinez. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, if they start a guy, this is gonna be arrogant and I'm sorry. <laughs> but if they start a baseball player that I've never heard of, is that a concern, maybe? Yes. I Nick Martinez started the game. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I get it though. I, I get that the they don't want they uh, the pitchers are already going to throw a bunch anyway in the yeah, in the regular season. So Singer didn't play well either. Yeah, well, we Brady, have heard yeah. of him. Yeah, and Bra- good point. Brady Singer came in. Brady Singer came into that game, 
Gave up four and, runs. And was no good. And yeah. they, they thought he was going to be the ace of the staff by the former Gator, the Kansas City pitcher. They thought he was going to be the ace of the staff, and he came in and got lit up. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Yankees, I'm, I, it's great. I love the World Baseball Classic, but I'm not risking it with Garrett Cole. And I, and I, and I know that. And, I, and, I, and of course, that, and, but what, is there a better time to play it? Should they? If you, I don't. I mean, if you stop, if you stop playing in the middle of the season like hockey does, still nobody would play because of the arms. No, you, you can't. Know? There's no other time yeah, to do it because baseball's different than that. I too. love it though. I I think it's been fantastic. I'll I mean, watch. I'll watch I haven't watched any yet, but I saw Korea scored 22 runs. Yeah. Well, there's some bad teams in it too now. Okay. So Otani hit a bomb in the Tokyo Dome, which was yeah. pretty cool. But the Dominican team, the Venezuelan team, the American team, the Japanese team—they're all really good now. I mean, the, the, those are, that's supposed to be your final four is is Venezuela, the Dominican, the Americans, and Japan probably because Venezuela laid it. They, they laid it to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico started coming back, but uh, but I think they laid it to them, Gibby. Yeah. They, they were way up. They're up 8 nothing or something like that. What did you think of the Great Britain uniforms? Yeah, right? you know what? Were, I, did you not like them? I don't know. It's just they're all, all the uniforms are goofy. The Venezuelan uniforms. Well, the are goofy. Great Britain one. Have you guys seen it? Hey, yes. you see them? It's like the one with like they basically just like did it in five minutes. Yes, it's got like that one. Yeah, they, yeah. They, it was a gray jersey with I don't know black or navy right, Great right. Britain right across the front. It's like <laughs> you just started a, a graphic design uh, right, right. class and this <laughs> was your first project. Yeah, that's right. Design so, the shirt. Anyway, so um, all right, so uh, but uh, I'm I am paying attention. Uh, final thought on the golf. Uh, Lauren's got news and notes to wrap the program. Uh, if you were not around, uh, Scotty Scheffler uh, authored one of the greatest performances in the history of the Players' Championship. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the player – I couldn't find one thing I didn't like. I thought traffic on 3rd Street was manageable the whole time. Did you feel that way? I did. I, never any traffic. I remember there was all the complaints last year because of the rain and whatnot. I thought they managed that. I thought the uh, – I, I thought – Parking was good. I, I didn't hear any complaints about that. There was only about a 30 to 45 minute window Saturday where there was no golf as they resumed. Okay. They finished, yeah, round two before they began round three. Yes. To have that kind of turnaround, Correct. that's pretty quick. It really was. And I and, and I thought the vendors, I thought the lines weren't terrible. There were some bathroom lines, of course. There's 40,000 people on the course. But I, I thought it was, I thought they pulled it off. I, I thought more than anything else, I thought, I, I really did. I, I thought they, I thought Jared Rice and his team really pulled it off. I agree. And as far as bathroom lines, it's only the main bathrooms, are, I think, are the ones that get the longer lines. If you walk, sometimes you just walk 20 yards away, and there are other bathrooms. It's just not everybody knows about those, so they see the line, and then they just get in line. But I, th- I thought it was – and, again, you took you took your son out there. You took mm-hmm. your wife out there. You probably out there half the day and had a blast. Yeah, it was just Jackson and I, and we had a great time. Okay. And uh, – um, it it was fantastic. We found a kind of a cool new area. We we kind of always do the same thing. We uh, come through. We start on eighteen, go through seventeen, go through sixteen, uh, and then we kind of figure out you know what do we want to do. Well, we ended up finding uh, a great area between eighteen and nine, where there's just this little hill, like kind of opposite of eighteen fairway, but okay. but on the other side of the pond. Okay, and uh, so on we, the nine side of the pond. Yeah, kind yeah. of, but you're more yes, yeah, uh, correct. So yeah. like literally, we could go, we could get up and go see nine green. Right. Uh, we didn't do that much, but but you could have gone and and seen nine green very easily. But we just sort of camped out there. We had it pretty much all to ourselves, and uh, uh, we probably watched the final eight groups play yeah. the 18th that way. Yeah. And uh, it was it was awesome, and and obviously we made our trek down to uh, Taco Lou, which we yeah. always love, right. and. Yeah. Uh, 
um yeah if we had a we had a blast we got out there late we got out there at like 2 30 by design um yeah. and uh because i knew we'd stay till the end we had a uh we had plans at at nine uh so we, i just and they were in uh down a1a right so going towards Volano at a beach house so i was like let's just go to the players and then we will uh go straight from the players to the party what about uh what, where'd you hang out on Saturday, we started at 18 because that's where we walked in and then did 17, 16. And then we watched a lot at 11 and yeah. some at 8, 7 and 8. Those were the, the main ones. Oh, and we you? were there you probably the around. Nine. We did the yeah, a little bit, just 7 and 8. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then back to 17, of course, and then 18 on the way out. But we were there more earlier, so like 8.30 to 1, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to go to a wedding that was later, and so we couldn't quite stay for the full day. But as we were walking out, I was a little jealous of the people walking in, yeah. getting to you know start their day. Because when we got there that morning, it was probably fifty something degrees, and then it had warmed yeah, up nicely beautiful. by the afternoon. It was gorgeous. We obviously I watched a lot from a chalet in seventeen, but also uh, we walked around. We spent a lot of time on ten. Uh, that area between uh, twelve and thirteen, that big, the, not the deck, but the, that where we've done our show from mm-hmm. before. I forget what it's mm-hmm. called. The, where you can, where the one side of it you can watch the twelfth green, and the other side you watch the whole eight. You watch all of thirteen. That's a cool area. Mm-hmm. We spent some time there. Um, we spent a lot of time there uh, during the day. We spent some. I, I never went to the front nine. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. I was out there a whole week. I never, I never spent much time on the front nine. I went to, I went to one. But I mean, I never, I never walked the front nine. Which typically, I, I love typically eight, I watch the whole golf course because eight you can see it's yeah. a par three, so you can and see everything. Yeah, and then you can also see them tee off on nine and and really see that. It, it, the whole thing, like you said, I can't, I can't complain about any of it. They do such a good job. The course looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, everyone there uh, is helpful. You know, if you're, I always know where I'm going, but I'll overhear the people asking for directions of things, and people will walk them to where they need to go. It's just great. And I, and I'll tell you now. And I didn't watch TV until yesterday. Yesterday I didn't go out, so I watched it all on TV, and I watched almost the whole broadcast. I, I will tell you, um, Hicks and Azing are really good now. I mean, I know I know Nance, Nance and Faldo, and before that Venturi and all the guys that were with Nance are they're kind of the gold standard. But Dan Hicks and Zinger are good now. That's that's a good broadcast boy, and their team is good. It was a and Tarico. I mean, that's a that NBC group's a strong crew now. It really is. I enjoy it. Take a break. Lauren wraps the program news and notes after this. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen, we have talked a ton of free agency frenzy today. Tony Pauline tweeted this out this morning. It's not necessarily free agency related, but it's draft related. Tony Pauline said after speaking with multiple sources this weekend, including those close to the team, the Carolina Panthers are targeting two quarterbacks in the draft. C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson debating whether they are willing to use the first pick of the draft on Richardson. We kind of said that Friday, didn't we? When the trade went down, we said some people think that Richardson could shock the world and go number one, but it's Stroud. And I didn't. I, didn't, I felt myself thinking all along Bryce Young was headed to Houston. I, I, th- I think I felt. I, I know I said I think if you put a gun to my head, I would say I think they're going to take Stroud. I know I felt that way. So I'm not. If that. If that report is accurate, it wouldn't surprise me. I would be surprised. I think Young uh, is should be the choice. And, you know, with Frank Reich being such a quarterback guy, I just would be surprised if if Bryce Young, if if he views him as, you know, not the best among these four. But uh, but we'll see. It's going to be fun. Uh, and there's still people reporting that the Panthers might trade back. I think it's ludicrous to trade up to one and then decide, now nah, we're going to trade back. Uh, it doesn't make much sense to me. So again, I think smokescreen uh, season has begun, 
And uh, I still think ultimately it's going to be Bryce Young to Carolina. Yeah, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, but that report certainly from Tony Pauline was interesting because when the trade happened, I thought, okay, that's either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I did not think it would be C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, but they, the NFL people love his size. Did you read, by the way, Bianchi's column on Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson? Did I you did read not. The, uh, and, and he said more sternly some of the questions a lot of people have had. He said his point was, and again, Denny, don't come drive in here and punch me, but his point was, Anthony Richardson's a wonderful kid and a tremendously hard worker and should be lauded for how hard he worked to be in shape and to, mm-hmm. to crush the combine the way he did. But it's a gigantic risk when you draft a 53% passer out of college in hopes that the development will turn him into a 68% passer. It's just a gigantic, gigantic risk. They said everybody wants, a, everybody wants to compare him to Cam Newton and Jalen Hurts but if you look at their senior years in college, they both had generational years. Do you know they both rushed for over 1,300 yards? Did you realize that? I didn't remember what Jalen did at Oklahoma, but Cam Newton was a nuclear weapon. They, they both passed for three, rushed for 13, accounted for 40-some-odd touchdowns, and both, got dra- both, both became really good NFL players after having been really good college players. Now, again, Bianchi said the same thing we all said. That doesn't mean AR won't be great at all of it. And he did not get a chance to play as much as the others. The comment wasn't – the comment was what, kind of what we said. It's not, hey, Anthony Richardson won't be great. He may be fantastic. But running and jumping doesn't equate to great quarterback play. That was the conversation we and, – and, 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 there, and, again, I, I, again I, the, I applaud him for how hard he worked to – to be as good as he was there, um, and I hope he's phenomenal, but it's hard to tell. Well, and the one thing, though, going for AR is Josh Allen. Josh Allen was not that's right. super successful that's the, in college. That's, that's the other argument. And I he hear, was able to and figure I, it and out. I, and, and I get it, yeah. Yeah, and so it certainly will be interesting. Hey, is, it feels like not just the mock drafters, but in general, no one has any idea how the draft is going to go. Like, when oh, we I, do our mock drafts, we're going to be completely guessing. I agree. It, and, and, you know, I, it's there's no reason to think it's going to firm up. I mean, why would teams start – giving away actual intel. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be six weeks of a lot of smoke screens and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, red herrings. And I, I think this is going to be no different. And, again, the quarterback order is going to be fascinating because, again, it's not – what however they go in the draft, it's that's not how the majority of the league ranked them. That simply is – this is what the, the first team that took a quarterback, that's their board. What they're telling you is that's how we had it. Uh, and then the second team that takes a quarterback says, okay, of the remaining three, this was where we had it. But it's not a definitive, well, this, he was the best quarterback in the draft. He went number one. Well, no, that's not. It just means that one team took him there. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, I think it's going to be really fun. I don't think the, we're done seeing trades. And I do think there's a chance that, you could see quarterbacks go in the first four picks, which would be unprecedented. We've never even seen four go in the top seven. I want to say Dane Brugler wrote in, in his latest mock draft that if four went in the first seven, it'd be the first time that's happened in the Super Bowl era. I mean, I think you got to think now there's a chance. We know the first two are going to be quarterbacks. And uh, if Arizona trades out, and I think they will, makes sense that, yeah. you know, they, they could be, it could be four for four. I saw, I saw a mock that said that, yeah. Florida's Pro Day is March 30th, on Thursday, March 30th. 
If you're AR after the way the combine went, do you do anything? That's a great question. That is a great question. What do you have to gain now? Right. That's a really good maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, there's there's nothing there's nothing you can do. The only thing is by because there's been questions about the productivity, being the guy that's willing to say yes anytime you want me to do something, there's some value there. So you can't improve Hayes, I don't think it's a great question, Lauren. Hayes, I don't think you can improve how you'll play, but you can yet again send the message, I'm not afraid anytime, any place. You want me to run, jump, throw, just say the word and I'll be there. So so you can send the message of how willing you are to show your wares one more time. Yeah, and they all do the pro day. The combine is more the optional component, um, but but they all they all compete in the pro day. So I, he's going to be out there. I'm sure he's going to, uh, he's going to have a script. That's exactly what he and his team have designed, uh, which I'm sure he's more excited about than just the standard, you know, combine, you know, uh, drills that they go through. Uh, so this is going to be a tailor-made workout that Anthony Richardson and his team have designed. I don't think he'll run the 40, but in terms of throwing, he'll absolutely throw it at the, at the pro day. And again, you know why wouldn't you? Uh, you're you're in a battle now, uh, so uh, you know Bryce Young's going to throw at his pro day. Levis will, uh, Stroud will. Uh, so that I don't know how much that changes anything. The only guy that really ever had a bad pro day was Bridgewater. Um, I mean, I, again, I, I will say Blake Bortles put on a show at his pro day. <laughs> I mean, and then six days or not six days, but you know, not three weeks after. later. <laughs> I'm at a rookie mini camp saying what happened um, because it is pro day. I mean, it, he was, he was completely on point and brilliant, mechanically accurate, uh, just spiral after spiral. He was uh, trained by Jordan Palmer that year. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I think the pro day is, is probably the, the part of that they look the most forward to because it's what they they've had the most control over. And so, yeah, I would, I would expect Anthony Richardson will put on a show at his pro day. Frank, former Vikings head coach and Hall of Famer Bud Grant passed yeah. away yesterday morning at the age of 95. You know, I remember when Bud Grant was the was the coach um, of the Vikings when I was a kid, when he went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I remember all that. I didn't know all the other stuff about him until I read the Peter King. I didn't know that he was a was it basketball was a basketball or baseball. He was a football basketball guy that went to the NBA, I think, and and that's how good he was. But then he thought he'd make more money playing in the NFL. Then he went to the Grey Cup. Then he, or after he went to the CFL and was a great player. Then he coached the team to the Grey Cup championship. I, I didn't know any of that. I just knew he was a great coach for the Vikings. Did, did, did you read the Lombardi part? Yeah, it was funny. Oh, he hated Lombardi? He went to shake his hand one time. Lombardi, he said after Lombardi was a bully. Upset yeah. him. Never spoke to him again. They upset the Packers. Yeah. And, yeah. A little college baseball, number six, Florida swept Sienna, but Wyatt Langford will miss some time after suffering an undisclosed injury Friday night that required surgery. Yeah, awful injury, and, and there's rumors about what it is and what it might be. I wouldn't get into it. That's not our place to tell it, but, yeah, he had a bad injury. He, a ball came off the bat and hit him in a, in, in a, in a sensitive area, and he's, uh, he's going to be down for a while. He, and, look, he's a, he might be the first pick in the draft. Now, I think ultimately the first pick in the draft is going to be Dylan Cruz out of LSU, but he's right there. He is going to be – he's a top five pick on anybody's list, so you hate to see an injury like that uh, you know, in the middle of a season. 
Yeah, you certainly do. When do they get into SEC play? This week. They play yeah. Al- so Al- finally Alabama. we're there. Alabama, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is Alabama like tremendous in baseball too, like they are in everything else? Well, <laughs> uh, not as good. Not okay. as good. They started out undefeated, but they're not as yeah, good. Yeah, they, they've run into some problems of late. So they're uh, – they're, they're, no, they're uh, – They're ranked 24th according yeah. to the NCAA. Which in the SEC makes you like the eighth best team. <laughs> well, it, 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 Florida it, actually moved up to fifth. It really does. It makes you like the, it makes you seventh or eighth in the league. Uh, currently the rankings, LSU 1, Tennessee 2, Ole Miss 3, Wake Forest 4, Florida 5. Yeah, so so Florida's, Florida's the fourth best SEC team in, in fi- at fifth yeah. overall in the country. Yeah, I think you're going to see that go up. And then Vanderbilt and then Arkansas. Yeah, so wow. so, <laughs> so so seven in the top ten. So, but yeah, they'll. Um, Florida's really good. I'm telling you, Florida's really good. I, I could Florida be off plays us to North Florida tomorrow night, uh, starting yeah, at six. And, and if they win tomorrow, when Hayes, when they when they when USF came back and beat them, uh, there was some concern. I said, I think you're going to look up, and I said, I think you're going to look up in a few weeks. They're going to be seventeen and two. Well, if they win tomorrow night, I'm off by a game. It'll be sixteen and three. So they're pretty good. Very good. Frank, did you see the plate umpire who made that egregious third strike called it in the game had been suspended or has been suspended the game between New Orleans and Mississippi Valley yeah, State? They, 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 his name's out there. Yes. Reggie something. What is it? Uh, I didn't. His name's out there. Yeah, I did see his name. Yeah. yeah. Did you see it, Hayes? Yeah, it makes and the guy, Eric and, Gregg look like. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, let's, let me tell you what happened to Macho Guy umpire. Okay, his name's out His name's out there somewhere. But anyway. But it's a pathetic. The ball, is, the ball is literally. What is it? Reggie Drummer. Yeah, the ball's Reggie. literally three feet yeah. out yeah. of the so, zone. So here's what That's happened. Right. He missed a call, called it a strike when it should have been a ball. Uh, the guy, the, the player showed him up. So he said, okay, tough guy, I'll show you. I'll out tough guy you, and I'm going to call the next one a strike wherever it is. Okay, well, guess what? You're on TV. Everybody saw you do it, and you probably ruined your career. So that's what Macho Tough Guy did. Mm-hmm. Mach- I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how what a Macho Tough Guy I am. And oh, by the way, I just I just ended my career. Who's hiring that guy on par now? Because he because he went viral. Yeah, his name yeah. and his activity. He he's that. There's a guy now that will never umpire a game of significance. He was a college umpire, Division One umpire. This is a guy that will never again umpire a game of significance because he wanted to show that player you're not gonna show me up. Well, there's smarter ways to do that than to call a ball two feet outside a strike. And again, the guy's not working again. I tend to agree. Hayes, did you see that former LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade will be the next head coach That's, at McNeese State? And, and He's be- a pioneer. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you saw that story, Lauren, did you think of Hayes? Of course. That's I why absolutely I put it in news did. and notes. I, that's the first thing the I thought of. The only reason it made news and notes, not because of anything about McNeese State, is hey, just yeah. because of Will Wade. Yeah. I don't know who McNeese State's AD is, yeah. but I commend him. <laughs> Because Will Wade will win. Whatever McNeese State is used to, add it. seven wins to it. My first thought my first thought when I saw that, season, that thing, I said, hmm, Hayes Carline. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about it Ahead of his time. throughout the program. Scotty Scheffler is 26 years old. He now owns the title for Players Champion and, of course, Masters Champion. Masters uh, comes up in just a few weeks. He's earned $33 million. He's the number one uh, player in the world, Frank. I'd say Scotty Scheffler's had a pretty good past 14 months or so. Yeah, and you know what? And I, I haven't followed him enough to hear him interviewed very often. He was pretty good afterwards, pretty humble guy. You know, he wasn't grandstanding. He was. He didn't even – a couple times when the guy asked him a question, he wasn't really even sure what to say. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. If you, Do you guys watch the, the post? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just – He's a regular guy, a regular man. guy. Yeah. I mean, went home and – 
you know, yeah. had some dessert at his grandma's yeah, house. That, that, I mean, that, and that's kind of what he said. He said, yeah, yeah. well, my grandmother's yeah. here. And I think she my, walked he, all 72 holes at the age of yeah. 88. He, awesome. he, he said, my, I think I got, I, I got my nine-month-old nephew, and he's here somewhere, and we're going to go <laughs> celebrate. And it, it, was, it was great. He did. He said, my newborn nephew, who's about nine months yeah. old, I was like, you have no idea what newborn means, but that's okay. You're probably a little nervous. But I thought the cool part about it was is, He's not trying to say what the guy's. He's, he wasn't trying to be interviewed. He interviewed guy. He was just. Right. It'd be if you're next door. If you bumped into your next door neighbor while mowing the lawn, that's what he would. That's what he would sound like. Yeah, he's very aw shucks. Yeah, because he yeah. was yes. asked about the uh, post practice round uh, Saturday, yeah. and he was like, "Well, I really just hit like ten balls." Yeah. But everybody was like, "Boy, he's playing so well. Why would you uh, right, need right. to go out to the range and work on things?" Right, um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's not. There's not a lot of sizzle uh, on the mic. But there's a ton of it on the course because he is uh, he is simply fantastic right now. Yeah, very well said. And finally, in gymnastics, uh, Florida has the yes. SEC championships this Saturday, oh. uh, waiting the schedule, but scored the second highest uh, score all season long uh, in the quad meet in Denver. So that you, is good. You know what I'm thinking? Watch party. Huh? That'd be fun. Watch I don't party. know yet what time it will be. There are two waves, uh, so it'll either be afternoon we're or coming, evening. But I will. Place? Well, we'll just start drinking at seven a.m. <laughs> Eventually, it'll come on. <laughs> Hayes and I show up in the driveway. That'd be okay. That's totally fine. You are most welcome. Just do not say a word during the competition. <laughs> just keep right. your mouth shut. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick Ballou's in the house. Jawan Taylor got mm-hmm. 80 mil, Rick. Got paid. Got paid, didn't he? Yeah. Surprise you? Uh, 20 million, yeah. 20 yeah. million a year, yeah. I, I mean, I thought he would have 17, 18. Yeah. And I didn't want Jackson to pay that. So I'm happy with this move. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have re-signed Cam Robinson, and I wouldn't have re-signed Jawan Taylor. The way the contract reads, if Cam isn't healthy and doesn't play particularly well, they, they really could get out of his deal at the end of the 2023 season, but I, I just didn't see it with Taylor. Now it really opens up the door, though. I mean, you have two tackles, and Little's only played, what, 20 snaps uh, at right tackle. So I, I believe that that's where they have to go, you know, in the first round with the 24th pick. I, I think that that is clearly the biggest, um, you know, move that this team has to make. They they need a corner, you know, they're probably a nickel corner, but – that's where I'm going to the first round. I'm getting the best available tackle who's there. You think they do anything in free agency at all? Obviously, there's cap stuff, and they rework some guys. What do you think? No, I really don't. I think they'll let the market set itself. I wouldn't expect anything this week. I could be dead wrong on it. I just don't think that there's money there. I mean, the Arden Key situation, I think you know there's a lot of – reportedly a lot of teams interested in him. I think they'd like to bring him back, but – I just can't see where they can afford right now to go out and pay top dollar. So they may add some veteran offensive linemen even after the draft uh, in 45 days, um, unless they can surprise us by making a move or maybe restructuring a couple of contracts. I, I think it'll be kind of a uh, quiet free agency period. All right, that and uh, I bet you'll talk a little golf, I'm guessing. Oh, man, huh? How what about a, that? What a week, huh? What a weekend. Got one right with my pick. Right. Of uh, the number two now, number one ranked golf golfer in the world, but just another spectacular week out there at the Players. It was so much fun, and it's a great time of year because what coming up the first weekend in April, we'll have the Masters, and of course everything in between now is free agency and getting ready for the NFL draft. Should right. be a blast. All right, Rick. Rick comes up and just yep. thank you, Rick. We appreciate it. Rick Beluga's into the night right now, folks. That'll do it for our program tomorrow, same bad time.
same bat channel right here in studio. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franchi. Have a great night.